That's right. Prismo is nothing but the dream of a wrinkly old man. What if the whole world was just some goof's dream? Man, that would be stupid. Whoa! Oh, wait a minute. What is this? This couldn't be a... Oh, God. Permanent opposing industrial strength magnetic bed. Hand hewn from a single tree. Oh, man, look at this mattress. <gasps> what is it? Smells like a blend of cashmere. Mohair, silk, and wool, maybe. The thread count on this is in the thousands. And it's filled with down feathers of a baby griffin. That's illegal. Glass of milk. This feels like a trap designed by some kind of sick genius. Well, hats off to you, sir or madame. Your trap was a success. Oh, my blahs. It's like I'm getting Eskimo kisses from an army of angels. <laughs> Abs and a six-pack. in a six-pack. Think it, dream it, do it. Whoa! Awaken to your dream, Finn and Jake. Whoa! Who are you? I am the dream warrior. I've summoned you here to hang with me in your together dream. Are you gonna show us a move to beat the farm? First listen, then wake up. All right. I have cheap cars. My cars are cheap. My cars are cheap. But they drive bad when I turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. These sweatpants have another name. Another name. Yeah. Don't you always call sweatpants give up on life pants, Jake? I do because peeps need to respect themselves when they leave the house. Even if it's just for ice cream or TP or whatever. Two shiny golden apples, ripe enough to bite. Bite. That's all I gotta say for now. Get lost. What is going on here, Dream Warrior? Yeah, what's this all about? Nap's over, sorry. Ow! Oh, that was a good nap. Having good naps, it's episode 145 of After the Six Pack with Spencer and Lori and a Bull After Bull. We're here for Dreams Part 2. Come on in, my friends. Woo! All right. Woo! I'm excited about it, man. Hell yeah. I've been looking, looking been forward like to this one for a year a and a half or something. Something like that. Yeah. Too long. It was all a dream. <laughs> Is that Bismarcky? Who was that? Uh, Biggie Biggie. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. I'm trapped in this dream. I can't wake up. I've uh, I set out to pull some like kind of profound dream clips, like I tried to do last time, and I pretty much all I got was a bunch of ISOs. I got uh, four clips. Literally right before I logged on here, <laughs> just cut it out of the. I got that Biggie Smalls, I got the couple Aerosmith uh, ones that you know you would need. Cretchit has a uh, clip. I, I guess he has the software to isolate audio from the uh, or the, from like uh, vocals from the music. Oh yeah, those are nice. So he has some uh, Motley Crue ISOs. They're awesome. Like Maya. <laughs> just from kickstart my heart just my heart this one has been like repeating in a loop in my head like all the time the I'm just a dreamer I dream my life 
crazy. It just over and over again. It's a good one. Over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. How come you know so much about dreams and stuff? Cause I sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I just have a bunch of adventure time stuff. How long was yeah. that? Seven long harrowing seconds. Uh, I watched that clip in yeah. the Cindy Tim. That was a good one. <laughs> that show is so that show has like the I don't know, like the it's it's more profound and it has more intricacies and storyline than something like Star Wars does, I think. Yeah. I don't know, it's it's the, so okay. the visuals are really compelling too. I, I always thought in that show, like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well probably done. the probably well the only done. kids show that talks about dimethyltryptamine, for sure. Likely. Yeah. Likely. Our dreams must be linked for some reason. We did watch a couple of a few episodes of that uh what'd you call it? Dream Corp. Yeah, Dream Corp. I just finished the show and Earlier I have today. to say, yeah, I like aspects of it. I like I really like the like the Waking Life 2.0 animation. Where like they took the the uh, ret- rotoscope, yeah. yeah, style of Waking Life and and made it uh, made it better. The problem with the show is it. I thought I kept thinking it was about to get like way more profound than it ever really got. Oh really? Mm, it never. It, I liked. I. I mean, it, it's um, it's like dark comedy. So there's like, it's definitely not the type of show I would recommend tripping and watching for sure. Mainly the doctor, yeah. like it's too gross. Like the doctor to go into people's yep. dreams, puts the USB it's, ports in his palms, and, I'm like, and they're all infected and shit. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that that's like the nastiest part for sure. For yeah. me, when he keeps on jamming those USBs into the back of his hands, like, oh yeah. my goodness. I don't know. What, um, did you watch the? Um, we watched the dad's one. Yeah, that one was uh, fun. Yeah, guy and a dad. And I, I can never remember that actor's name. He's on the Pizza Hut commercial now. Craig does, Robinson. Uh, Doug, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And then, um, was the and then Fear Heights. Oh yeah, that one was cool. Um, I think they they got their the best stuff they did was probably in the first season, but I couldn't think of a specific episode because I hadn't watched the first season in a while. But yeah, I don't know. It's I I like the concept of the show. I just felt like they could have they could have done so much more with it, um, more than what they did. It never really got um. In it never got really got. Uh, into waking life territory as far as philosophy yeah. or anything like that. It, it was of, of like what what does it mean? It was just yeah. more like what it, what do you dream about and then like we'll present a bunch of wacky visually uh, shocking stuff. Yeah. yeah was, Lots of shock factor stuff for sure. What, what was the movie Lauren you recommended to me cuz I haven't had time to watch it yet but you texted oh, it to me. Paprika. And there was a lot of dream core that reminded me of that because they're using dreams as uh, almost like therapy, you know, like, okay, here's your problem in waking life. Let's address it in your dreams, you know? Try okay. And, so it uh, is the, it's the same concept. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Food. Yep. That's cool. And yeah. the protagonist, her, uh, her dream character is Paprika. She goes in there and watches what's going on and saves people from falling into the same trap over and over again. Yeah. I have to watch but the then it, but version shit hits the fan, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I've I've got it on my list. I just haven't had time to get to it, but um, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I liked uh, the science of sleep, even though I hate subtitles and I hate Canadians and I hate French people, and it had all three of those in there. <laughs> yeah, um, no, there's a there's a lot of reasons why it shouldn't work, and yet it does. I think really well. Yeah, uh, yeah, the wife and I watched that one. That was that was a fun movie. Um, the, my favorite part about it was just the the uh, the interesting and creative visual. 
uh, stuff they did in that. It was some really cool stuff. Yeah, the dream sequences, like uh, um, w- when they turn the sink on and there's like that blue cellophane stop uh, animation. Yeah. For yeah. for the water coming out, that kind of stuff. Like some of those dream sequence visuals are really relatable. I love when uh, that's done well in uh, movies and television when you can capture either like a really good dream sequence or trip sequence that's like, um, if that's done strongly enough, like it can pull you back into sort of almost a flashback moment. Yep. Yeah, outside of like small videos that, you know, they're only a couple handful of minutes long, the only full length movie I've seen that really nailed the trip slash dream world was Doctor Strange. That shit was uh, the Marvel movie. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That's visually, I mean, the plot kind of falls apart in the third act and it's not, I mean, it's it's a decent movie, um, but just watching it for the visuals alone and especially the the sequence when his soul leaves his body is like mind-bogglingly close to what it's like to be on just way too many mushrooms or like a DMT trip. It's... Or a lucid dream. It's like, um, I was honestly shocked by how well they nailed it when I saw that movie. I'd re- highly recommend that. With the emphasis on the high part. Hey. Yeah. You ever, uh, Make out you- dreams? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> bam you, you have any good dreams, uh, IRL lately? Um. How's the dreaming? I, I'll tell you what my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday dream schedule has been like. Okay. So a month, and and it's um, especially now that I've had a chance to put the name to the faces at the Nashville meetup. So I I fall asleep usually. I get about ha- about to intermission of um of uh God behind the schemes. It's been a long day, <laughs> and I feel like I'm having a conversation. I fall asleep listening to it about like you know two hours into the show, hour half into the show, and I think I'm having a conversation in real life with Booberry and Lavish pretty much every Monday night. While I'm dreaming. It's kind of freaking nice. And then Tuesday, I do the same thing with bowl after bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like you're asleep, but you're hearing your guys' voices, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I'm talking to you, like, and I'm part of the conversation, but then sometimes I'll wake up and be like, well, what the fuck? And then Wednesday, (laughs) it's the weirdest dreams because it's Nick the Rat. Oh, yeah. Um, And he's going to have Dvorak on tonight. I don't know if it's live or pre-recorded, but I'm excited for that. Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, so that... It's, I mean, it's kind of creepy and freaky, but that's, that's my, that's usually how my dreams go. Cause like I, I the first time I discovered that phenomenon was like <clears throat> maybe four years ago, I fell asleep listening to no agenda and I thought I was talking to Adam and John. I woke up and I'm like, Oh God, I'm listening to a fucking podcast. <laughs> and now it's, now it's like a regular thing for, with like, since you guys' shows are about, I got to get up to take care of the baby at like six in the morning. So I'm always falling asleep listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Before I get into like weird dreams, what do you guys? What's your? I know you had the uh, Christopher Battles dream. Yeah. Did you, did you hear the Christopher Battles dream? Yeah. I probably should just retell it. Retell. Probably should just tell it again. Um, because it's funny and, and weird. Uh, Christopher Battles, I have not met in person, but look at him. He was even my dream. Um, we were driving like a Mini Cooper. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat in downtown Kansas City. For some reason, all the roads were like. <clears throat> I don't know, kind of narrow, and it was almost like a giant Hot Wheels track throughout the city, really, when I think back about it. 
only totally flat, like no guard edge rails or anything like that. And so we're driving up, up in the air, and we're like almost, I don't know, probably 30 some odd stories in the air, driving toward a skyscraper. And then there's this like tunnel in the skyscraper. So it's just like the road goes through the building and then through on the other side. Um, so we're driving through and I'm just like, I look to the left as Christopher Bells. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then he just like, before we get to the tunnel, he starts drifting right, drifting right. And then just right off of the side of the road. And he just goes, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> like in the air. Like that's oh, all no, he said. He was just like, he's just like, oh no. <laughs> And then I just felt like the acceleration of falling, you know, just like started like a rocket going down to the ground, down to the ground. And I was just like, oh, this is it. You know, we're just going to die in this car falling off of a road way up in the air. Kind of a weird way to go. So like, I don't know, I buckled my, I grabbed the seatbelt and like buckled it in as we're falling. Cause I was like, well, fuck, if there's, if there's one way out, maybe it's this, but I'm pretty sure we're hosed. And then like in my head, I was just thinking like, is this what it means to stay dangerous? <laughs> and then I woke up like right before we smashed into the ground. But I was I was dead. I was I was just like reserved to my fate for sure. Just like wow, we're really gonna die because Christopher Battles drove off the side of the road in a in a Mini Cooper. This is crazy. Do you ever get like scared like at gen- like wake up in co- like cold sweat scared dreams? Sometimes, rarely, but yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I haven't had and knock on wood here. I haven't had one of those in years, and I think it's, I don't know if it's partially because of how much time I spent, even though I don't i do not do it as much very often, very, very rarely, but since I spent so much time lucid dreaming and practicing that, I don't know what it is, but even somehow in the back of my mind, like the most horrifying shit could be happening, and I'm never really, I'm like very passive, and like, I don't know, I, can, I don't know why, but I never... Like there could be like death carnage. Like, I don't know. I had to, I had to dream worms were coming out of my arms and I was just pulling them out like nonchalantly. Like, okay, oh, this is yeah. like, <laughs> it's like just shit like that where it's like, more to that. Yeah. but it's like stuff that should like absolutely freak me out. Doesn't anymore. Like I, I've only had like one dream that actually I woke up terrified and it was, I don't know, like six months ago or something, maybe eight months. And I, I talked about with, uh, with mad Chuck when he was on, um, but yeah, most of the, most dreams, like no matter how bad they get, they don't f- freak me out, and I don't know why. Yeah, like when I woke up from the Christopher Battles dream, there was definitely this huge sense of relief of like, oh, cool, I'm not gonna die. But uh, <laughs> like in the dream, I was totally just reserved to the fate. You know what I mean? I was just like, well, yeah, we're fucked. This you know, like I was just like, oh, this is how we go out. It's kind of weird, but here we go. Like, I wasn't terrified or anything like that. I wasn't, like, screaming or sweating or... Mm. I was just like... And the stomach was, like... You could just feel it. It was weird the, how, like, physical it was. Like the acceleration. when you go down a drop on a roller coaster and your balls are yeah. in your stomach? Yeah. Exactly. Only it just kept accelerating, you know? Like, Ugh. on the roller coaster, there's, like, a point where it plateaus. And in this dream, like, until the moment I woke up, it just kept getting more intense and more intense and more intense. Like, you, you felt like it was, like the most intense it possibly could be and then it just kept going there was no ceiling to it a little bit yeah. wild i love you... when you teased that dream on no agenda social and then christopher battles commented and said oh no <laughs> yeah that was kind of crazy man oh yeah because <laughs> because he said oh no in the dream and then before yeah, yeah that was like <laughs> that was the only 
that was the only words he said in my dream was, oh no. And then when I was like, I had a dream about Christopher Battles, I'm going to talk about it Tuesday. He replied and was like, oh no, <laughs> having known nothing about the dream or anything. <laughs> and it's not like he's famous for saying, oh no. So yeah, No, it's, it's no, no, no. He's famous for saying, stay dangerous, Christopher Battles. Uh, no agenda social. Oh, uh, so Lorian, what if, what's your, you got a recent dream? Well, not in line with this, but you were talking about waking up in a cold sweat, which has brought this old dream top of mind for me right now. And it was before I was a mom, but while we lived in this house, so it had to be like six or seven years ago, maybe. And it's the only time I've experienced one of those dreams where I thought I was awake, but I wasn't. Like you thought you woke up from the dream. You're like, oh, thank goodness. And I don't know what was going on, but I was at this camp, like a summer camp, and it was nighttime and it was raining, and all these people were just running, just running for their lives, and it was like lightning out, so I was like, oh, they're afraid they're going to get struck by lightning, I guess. And then there's like a whispering voice, and I'm like, is this going to be like Friday the 13th, like a Jason dream? What's going on? It just kept saying like, psycho, psycho. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is a little bit weird. And then I started seeing this, like, shadow lady in my peripheral, and I was like, oh, okay, great. It's some, like, grudge character. And uh, I woke up before I could figure out what it was. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I'm in my bed. Everything's fine. I look at the foot of my bed, and there's this fucking shadow figure of a lady. And then I was like, <gasps> for real, woke up, and nothing there but sweating so bad. Scared the life out of me. I mean, look at him. God! Ugh, did not like that. Yeah, I, I think um, it, okay. it was weird because like it sounded. Everyone was saying psycho, but it was like with a Japanese accent, so it was like psycho. And I looked it up, and it meant something like nothing, like extraordinary or something or other. It, it, I was like, okay, well, at least it doesn't mean like you're gonna die or something. <laughs> but yeah, that was freaky. My that only like Inception moment. The um, the sleep paralysis shit freaks me out because I've had that happen two or three times, but never with like a a being, uh, usually like the shadow figure with red eyes or whatever people always describe at the end of the bed. But uh, Robin, this chick we went to church with, was on uh, on here for an episode we did about cryptids. She told this story that was like fucking terrifying, which was she was running from like this giant like jackrabbit, like frothing at the mouth, crazy eyed, like huge like uh like you know you know like when you shave a a dog or a rabbit it's like got like loose pink skin and it's yep. like this huge like thing like twice or maybe or not twice their size but the size of her and chasing her like through the woods and shit and it pins her down and she wakes up and she actually is awake and for like a few solid seconds she can't move she's in sleep paralysis and she's in her bed and it's like pinned her down and frothing on her face and i was like oh, oh fuck that yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I think since we I last... Texas. Sorry. Since we last sat down... No, you're good, man. I, I took, like, uh, probably at least six different dream notes. Different stuff. And I've noticed that, like, <clears throat> the oldest ones are the least specific and they're like super brief in fact like the first one i just like jotted down three dreams in in one 
Uh, well, it's my, one. My two dream and journal 2. is like one sentence per dream because it's like if yeah. I just remind myself of this part, I'll know what it is, and then I look at it and I'm like, I have no idea what this was. <laughs> and then I've got all the way up to today, where literally earlier I I slept because I've been sleeping a lot over the past four days because I hit this fucking kidney stone and just like oh yeah uh, really really wrecking me out and so um i slept from like i don't know from like noon 30 to four ish and had like a fucking into uh an intricate kind of two-layer dream with a lot of different scenes and i've got just like these schizo looking notes on it uh through the whole page of paper but like my earliest ones uh I just have dreams like 1, 2, and 2.5, I guess, because 2 went into the third one, maybe. But dreams, 1, boobs came to house, we missed the meetup, <laughs> which was uh, right before we all went to Nashville. <laughs> oh. I had a dream that uh, Boobery came over to our house, and for whatever reason, you know, um, I think he ended up having to drive because his plane got canceled or something. No, I don't know what it was in the dream, because now I'm confusing it. With real life. With real life what happened. But in the dream, like, he was hanging out, and then we just, like, ended up bullshitting for so long that we, like, missed going to Nashville. We, like, didn't go. We just, like, stayed at our house the whole time. Oh, damn. Um, And then I had uh, two, Manny and other fam at house. Now, I can't even remember this one because it's been a few months. Uh, Some of my family members were over at the house, and someone was online and found noagenda.jews.social and made some big deal about it. My uncle's Jewish. And so, like, <laughs> they were, like, trying to say that, like, uh, no agenda was, like, his bad place because they had, like, noagenda.jews.social. That's where all the Jewish producers hang out. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then... Oh, I guess you were waiting for this, uh, this drop. Oh, you're Jewish, right? You're Jewish, right? Yeah. Uh, 2.5 says Lorian called ambulance for girl and pigeon girl had mushroom growing in eye when pulled off stem fell in eye socket but was easily retrieved pigeon was vibrantly colored and soft oh I do remember that pigeon actually now that I'm reading it don't know what was wrong with it had something edgy about police written on its chest (laughs) Oh, so some of these notes, like, on the earlier notes I was taking are just not very helpful. Like, I can recall, now that I read that, I recall the pigeon. It was, like, super vibrant. Is that something we should be concerned with? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! And you didn't tell me that dream. No, a lot of these I don't, like, I don't know. (laughs) Your booberry dream reminds me of my uh, No Agenda conference dream that I had. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember talking about it on the bowl a long time ago, way before Nashville, so I didn't have faces with names. But there was a, uh, it was like the National No Agenda Conference, and it was going down in Kansas City. How convenient. And so we went there, and I'm hearing people and going to meeting people and whatever. And then I heard Lavish across the room. And so I like go to find him, and it's the fucking lead singer of Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> What with Lavish's voice? Oh, whoa. Oh, wow. Mm. Not so far off, look-wise. No. 
Claudia yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine yeah. like Coheen and Cambria if it had Lavish's voice because the singer Coheen and Cambria, like when I first heard, um, was it Welcome Home, one of their big ones? Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the like, you should have been. I thought for sure that was a woman. I was like, oh, that's a chick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rock Band 2, Metal I chick. think. Yeah, Rock Band 2. Shout out. He's just like this huge Pacific Islander looking dude. He looks like uh, the Rocks character in that Moana movie, kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> twist me up! <laughs> Give me more twisting! It was all a dream. Make out dreams? Nice. Uh, you ever, you ever have uh, sexy dreams? Well, with the last dream show we did, we did a whole segment on wet dreams, if you remember that. I remember that, yeah. That's where the uh, our voicemail segment came from, at least partially. Oh, yeah, the post thing, yeah, but, uh, oh, yeah, wet dream on. Because it was like, wet dream on. I had a dream last night, was real wet and long. Yeah. Wet dream on, wet dream on. Yeah. Um, Wet dream on. Yeah, but there was like, uh, I never get to to finish in the dreams. Yeah. That that hasn't happened since like middle school. Same. Which is nice because I don't have to clean my boxers. Isn't that weird? Like, uh, some of these storylines that you got running in your dream, they never like conclude. Like, uh, I don't think I've ever nut in a in a wet dream that I've had ever. Not that I can remember uh, specifically. And not, not since like I've had, seventh grade. <laughs> I've had plenty of dreams where I'm falling and I've never hit the ground. And they say yeah. they like uh, they say, but it sounds like one of those dumb things that just people always say that like. You never hit the ground in the dream because if you did, you actually would die in real life or some shit. <laughs> I hit the ground. I hit the ground in dreams, and I end up uh, actually hitting my like. I I think we talked about that last time. Like that dream where I was falling like forever. It felt like off a skyscraper, and I hit the ground, and I rolled out of bed. Oh Oof. yeah, <laughs> and I hit. I, I remember because the there's so there's a couple of things that are coming to mind too, and I'm not sure if I uh, mentioned them last time, but one of them in like the how it translates to real life is uh, I had a dream that I was like in the forest and like running through the forest and getting caught in spider webs just constantly. And then it would just be like more and more of them. And like the more I fought them, like the more spider webs got on me until I was just like, (laughs) and I was, uh, yeah, I was like, I woke up all twisted in the fucking blankets like an idiot. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is this all about? How did that happen? How does that happen? Yeah, and then the there. I mean, they had that one where I was like, this dude was gonna set off like a nuke or a bomb or something. This is like this creepy old ball guy, and I'm like trying to stop him, chasing him down. And right when he sets off the bomb, it's like boom! I wake up and there's like a huge like lightning right by the house, and it's just loud thunder. And I was like, fuck. Oh. So it's like, how does that work? How does I don't know. How do yeah, magnets it's crazy. work? How the fuck do they work? I don't know. Our dreams must be linked for some reason. Dreams. My dreams aren't really linked at all. They're like all over the place, helter skelter, man. I've been. That's I a have, problem. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I feel like I have like twenty dreams in a night, and so I'll remember like images from a bunch of different ones, but they don't make any sense when I try and put them together awake. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, and it's like um, there's a few factors that help me remember dreams, and. Uh, I always 
because I get the same sense. I feel like we dream all the time, but it's the key of the key is not like having or not having the dreams. It's remembering them once you wake up. And so I feel like I have dreams more often, meaning I remember them more often when I'm either I'm either sleeping at um, an irregular time or in a different place. So like if I go on vacation or if we're like up at my dad's house, I remember dreams like a little bit more readily there. And then lately, like when I've been sleeping during the day because of the painkillers and this kidney thing, I've had like weird ass dreams that I can remember. So that That's why you took the Percocet because of the kidney stuff. Yeah, that's what you I, said. The Percocet's kicking in. I was like, all right, party in the night. Woo. <laughs> yeah, it's not recreational. It's just like. Got a little sharp bastard kicking around in the, inside of my fucking junk. I didn't want to be like, during the podcast. I can start that after. I was starting that like right in the post stream. <laughs> I was yeah. doing the little oof, oof groans last mm-hmm. night, but uh, we got that done. Nice. Have you gotten any of them out or it's just the one? Uh, they told me it's just one in there and it's not come out yet. I feel like there's like tiniest flakes Cause they got, they gave me this little <laughs> funnel with a strainer on it. Oh boy. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Yeah. So I got to like piss in a cup and then pour all the piss through the strainer just to watch. Cause I don't know. I feel like I'll know when it comes out. You know are what you I mean? Gonna, like, like, put, are you going to ma- mount it on the wall if it's like a big old kidney stone? I don't know. You could name it. It would be like your fourth kid. Might just uh, swallow <laughs> it and go <laughs> this for it. This one came two. out of me. Oh. Too bad you don't have a pain fetish because then hey. you could come and then you could come as the kidney stone passes and it would kind of like it go. would kind of like lube up the kidney stone exit as well so i mean if you think about it, it that's actually the responsible way to handle this is to develop a pain fetish before you pass the kidney stone that's not a bad uh bad idea on rare encounter earlier they were talking about uh what the fuck they call that sounding I don't know. It's something like really innocuous sounding, but I think yeah. it's literally called sounding, but it's like Man, the that's, art that's, of enlarging. That's kind of gross. Urethra. That's kind of gross. Don't bring that up. That's kind of gross. pretty nasty. Wait, pretty what nasty. is it? <laughs> hey, Noah, by the way, how's it going? Hi, I've been listening this entire time, so I'm just going to pretend like I've been here the whole time. So. Nice. I've been Good waiting for me again. I've been waiting for months to play this clip again. Noah. Good God, man, you're the co-host of a, of a show, a talk show, and you can't show up on time to record? Roger Stone, <laughs> Roger Stone everybody. It's true. <laughs> no, we're glad you're That's here, No, I don't get to use that clip often enough. It's uh, Roger Stone speaks the truth. I should have gotten a better Roger, St- Roger Stone clip that, would use, <laughs> that I could use more than just when you show up late. But he made yeah. $100 off me, so it's okay. Well, there so. you go. It, it took him like it. 13 seconds to record the clip. So, you know, <laughs> it's longer. I just I, w- I like was going to jump in earlier in comments about you not having to change your boxers anymore because, you know, you don't, you know, have wet dreams anymore. And I was like, oh, well, well, you don't shit yourself anymore either. I was uh, like, not usually. Have, have you ever done that? I've sharded my, pa- my pants more recently than I've creamed them. No, like in, in your sleep. Have any of you guys ever shit yourself in your sleep? I've peed a I've, number of times. I've had, and it's I've always had, because yeah. I'm dreaming that I'm peeing. Yep, pee for me. But I've never I think, pooped. I poop. 
I think as a teenager, I shit myself in my sleep when I was like, I had a horrible fever. And it was no that fun. Sound too good. Yeah, I think the smell woke me up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I had, a, oh, I had a dream like Noah. I think he was like Noah and Cameron and Caleb and I were at Bonnaroo and we were at the comedy tent and we were. <laughs> It's like this would never happen. Bonnaroo would never do a booking like this. But it was Milo Yiannopoulos who was at Bonnaroo in the comedy tent. <laughs> and I'm like watching him on stage. I'm like, I got to piss so bad. And I go outside and I go to one of the Bonnaroo porta potties and I'm pissing on it. But the piss is like getting all over my legs and my thighs. I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I get this in the fucking in the porta potty and I wake up and I've just pissed the fucking bed bad. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. That's like the, that's the only time in the last uh, several years that I've pissed the bed. But that one was like, yeah, it was like, I was having a dream that I had to pee so bad. I finally found somewhere to pee and I just couldn't get it in the pee hole. Uh, that's the problem with having dreams that are too real. Well, that's very unrealistic. You don't I wake up. Known it was, I should have <laughs> known it was a dream because Milo would never be in the comedy tent at Barn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've been listening to you guys describe your dreams, and a lot of them sound like, I mean, they're all like really vivid dreams. You know, I, I haven't, I don't know that I've heard any of you guys describe like a lucid dream yet, though. I've had a couple, um, but for me, lucidity will, typically will tend to like break the dream up or end it. Right. Right. Yeah, right. same. Closest I get is flipping the light switch and it doesn't work. And then I think, oh, I'm dreaming. And then I wake up and I'm like, yeah. fuck, I shouldn't have thought that I'm dreaming. Well, that's the first step. Once you do that enough, you eventually won't wake up every time. But what's been happening right. to me is I've been, I'll realize I'm dreaming for like a certain amount of time, but then I'll just forget I'm dreaming and continue with the dream. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm nice. dreaming. And then I start doing stuff, but then like something will distract me and make me forget it's a dream. And then I'm just thinking it's a real life. Right. And then you have to remember that it's a dream like multiple times throughout the dream to gain control back again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trapped I've, in this dream. I can't I've had, wake up. <laughs> I've had lucid dream or not lucid dreams, but very vivid dreams like my whole life. I've never had a lucid dream up until like a month ago. Oh, I had nice. my first lucid dream. What, it was what, what'd you incredible. Do? Uh, and I've had two since then, I think. So how have um, your lucid dreams gone? So the first one... I mean, I'm a little bit fucked up right now, so I can't remember what it was exactly that made me think, wait a second, am I dreaming? But I remember because a lot of I'm, I'm, I'm epileptic, so I, I, I stay in my house a lot. I work from home. I, I stay in my house and I walk around my area like that's around my house, you know, gotcha. so my dreams usually are in that landscape or it's I've created some alien landscape. You know, it's one of the one or the other. So in this dream, I'm in my home and uh I just remember like walking throughout my house, you know, uh, doing stuff. I can't remember what it was, maybe an argument with my, my, uh, wife, uh, something like that, that just triggered emotions. And I remember just walking in my bedroom and then going, just realizing I, I couldn't feel like temperature. It was, it's, it was something about the sensations. Like I, sure. I, I just, I remember I couldn't feel things as if it was, you know, as, as if I was awake. And then I go, am I dreaming? And I look at my hands. And then all of a sudden, every one of my fingers starts elongating <laughs> like fucking spaghetti noodles and just going everywhere, like five feet in every direction. And I was, it just, it blew me away. 
And I then I was like, I'm, I'm dreaming. And I go, if I'm dreaming, I can make anything happen. Yep. And at heart, I'm a nerd. And so I go, you know what? I want a lightsaber. And I hold my hands up <laughs> in this hilt of this gorgeous, like beautiful lightsaber with gems and shit all over it just is in my hands. I press a button and a yellow lightsaber blade just pops out. And I just start swinging it everywhere like a ninja. And I start having so much fun. And then my son, uh, my newborn son started crying. And so I woke up. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it was incredible. Nice. And I had, I've, had two, I've had two since then as well. Did it make the That's noise awesome. in your dream? The lightsaber noise? Uh, no, yes, the noise was made. Yes. And, and it was actually it was actually double bladed because uh, eventually I pressed the button and then the other blade popped out. Oh, the like other Darth end. Maul shit. Nice. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. But yellow blades because, like, I'm not like a Jedi and I'm not a Sith. I'm in between. Yeah, they had the yellow ones in the books, but they never I had am them in the duality. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had like a moment of false lucidity in the one I had today, but I'm saving like the today's for the end because that's okay. like a because uh, <laughs> I, I have the most notes on it and it was kind of fun. It went a lot of places. But when I'm talking about false lucidity, what I mean is like you realize you're in a dream and then it's it's some kind of a realization where you need to get out of that dream. It's not like a realization mm. of. It's not realization of like, oh, I can do anything. It's more of like, oh, I'm dreaming. I need to wake up. Like, I need to pull out of this fucking... Because I think, I don't know, there's like different dream spaces and different rules apply, uh, I feel like. Because I've been in certain dreams where you can control whatever's going down or you realize that uh, all of it's inconsequential. My favorite dream I've ever had in my life was a lucid dream that that happened where I just realized there were like actually no consequences. And uh, in this one, it was like... You realize you're in a dream and there's like, it wasn't like a nightmare, but it was like a sketchy kind of little world that I found myself in. And I was like, I got to wake up. I got to wake up. And then I woke up into a shallower layer of the dream. But I was like, I woke myself up, but it was still dreaming. Hmm. Which is a weird little situation that can happen too. We've had uh, several listeners call in with their dreams and they're still rolling in. If you want to go through a couple of those. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What if, uh, what if I, uh, what if I don't want to shit my ass? What if I, uh, <laughs> what if I want to shit your ass? Shit, shituranus dot com. Yeah, let's do that. Well, well, that's not a dream. That wasn't a dream at all. But I uh, thank you, caller. <laughs> let's try this next one. So one one time I had a uh, this dream that I called this number eight eight six five four six five six two seven one, and then some uh, voicemail robot picked up and was talking about how did I reach this uh, this voicemail line for this this phone line of eight six five four six five six two seven one. So then I, when I woke up from my dream, because it was lucid, and I was, I was so loose, this lucid ass this is, I, I called it, and Melissa Joan Hart, you know, uh, Clarissa explains it all, uh, uh, the witch girl, the witch with the cat, and no. she was the, the blonde chick, 
No, um, I don't. She was in that yeah, Nutcracker oh, she movie. She was in a hotel. So I went to go get a room because I needed a place to stay for the night to stay warm. Who wants to sleep inside of a Winnebago all night? Not me. I needed a warm place to stay. This was the only place to call was 865-465-6271. Found me a place to stay. Beautiful place. But the the the, the, the floor, to get from one floor to the other, there was like a slide. But the slide was plastic. And inside the plastic was these little tubes of beads. So when you would slide down, you would push these beads down. And Melissa Joan Hart would meet you at the end of them and say, hey, welcome to my motel. This is the motel within your dream. You reach this dream by calling 865-465-6271, and I hope you enjoy your stay. That was weird. <laughs> I hope that was a genuine experience because that, that, that's incredible. That was, I was really confused by the physics of that. Yeah, that's well, <clears throat> it was a dream. So, and the appointment is today works, beautiful though. place, but the floor to get you one door to the office because there was like a slide, but despite it was plastic, the inside of the plastic was the little tube disease. So, when you pulled <laughs> it, that was Christina, and most of Joan Hart would meet you at the end and say, Hey, welcome <laughs> to my hotel. <laughs> it was <laughs> all a dream. <laughs> this is the motel of your dream. All right, we'll come back. We got a handful, a couple more. We'll come back to those. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, caller. I had a I had another dream where I realized I where I, that was lucid, but I woke up immediately, like right after I realized it was make I, out dreams. Know, nice. I was walking throughout my house, and it was pitch black. Not completely pitch black. Like it was like a little bit, like a like dark light. You know how it is sometimes when the moon's like it's a half moon. You know, when the you walk through your house. like a big a pizza pie. Like a big pizza by that's more. And there was this like animal like crawling in my house, and it was it was like black, a black like animal. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> not to be racist. God. And uh, I I was trying to catch it, and I reached down and I grabbed it. And I realized it was like a kitten, and it was like it. And I dropped it, and then picked it back up, and it like dug its claws into me, and I could feel its claws digging into me. But there was no pain. And I was like, what? And I was like, this is supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. Why is a cat in my house? And I was oh, like, I'm, I like I'm sleeping. Oh, I like my cat. Oh, oh, oh. And I woke up. Oh, you woke up nice. as soon as you realized the uh, the cat should hurt you? Yeah. Yeah. So you have you never felt yeah. pain? Because I feel pain in my dreams. And uh, like like my my senses generally seem um like pretty on point in my dreams. What you... The things that tip me off are usually visual because right. I, I can definitely feel pain and smell things in my dreams. Well, lately I've been very in tune with my senses, so <laughs> think it, dream it, do it. I've been able to notice when there's a difference. Okay. Oh shit! Yeah, yes. that's that's nice. That's good. That's good. Good for you. <laughs> um. Oof. Yeah, you were you were talking earlier about like uh, being directly influenced by like the stuff going around you for your dream, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like up, uh, f- phone fagging hard on uh, No Agenda Social the other night, it's like the end of March, because Lavish had posted some big, uh, weird, decrepit looking building in some third world hellhole. I'm not really sure with no context at all. 
And then uh, Servo immediately chimed in with, uh, that reminds me of this video. And it's this video of a mm. guy in a Japanese house during a typhoon in Japan. And he's just like wandering around the halls uh, over and over again in a circle. And it like is captioned. And it's kind of like, it's a bit schizo. I'll post it uh, in the chat here. But um, that like influenced uh, me to have this weird dream about uh, a house getting wrecked in a typhoon. And I have like, uh, this is a two pager of notes that I took on it. It was like my old house. Oh yeah, this that, looks weird. Uh, it was like the second house that I grew up in. Um, so like the house that I lived in through high school. And... Uh, it says, we we were in the old house, lost the roof in a typhoon, which we don't have typhoons here, obviously, but <laughs> probably influenced by that cursed video, there is a typhoon in Japan that Servo shared. Uh, Dude, my sister's room was the one that cursed. was totally wrecked. Yeah, that is cursed video, for sure. See um, all the pink, uh, what's that called, microfiber? or infl uh, Inflation. Insulation. Yeah, <laughs> the insulation stuff, and like... It's all soggy and wet, and there's like a doll room and his mm. ancestors, and uh, it's weird because the thing. Well, he keeps opening the door, like so he'll go through the loop of hallway in the house, and then like he gets to this door, and every time he like slides it open, you know, and they, like he never shuts it. He's just always opening it. <laughs> this and looks like, like uh, the the Resident Evil house in like Resident Evil Biohazard. It's extra weird, man. Yeah. What's it, what's the video called? Uh, it's called My House Walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send it to you it. on uh, Twitter. I see it. There you go. This is the longest hallway in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a lot of lines that are like repeated over and over. Yeah. And it's just captioned, like it's not spoken, I don't think. Or, oh, my grandmother is here. My grandmother is not here. Like, oh <laughs> within God, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. all captions. Um, so this my is, sister's room this is was nightmare like, fuel. It, it was, <laughs> it is, dude. Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it like turned into my dream. Holy uh, shit. Cause that's what like my house turned into kind of like wrecked by a typhoon. I'm, I'm expecting a vampire or a zombie to like pop There's, out from around the corner any second. Where the, what the, what freaking dimension <laughs> is this little creature from? It's nice. Cause there's no real like gotcha or jump scare or trick or trap to it. It's just like deep creep. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, then the next day we were at the house uh, downstairs with uh, wh where nothing was wrecked. Everything was fine down in the like main level. And Reba McIntyre was there and like, like lots of other people, but like she stood out. Um, I drank lots of Jack Daniels with Lorian, but we remained totally sober. Another hint that it might be a dream, by the way. Uh, that sucks. Although I didn't really pick up on it. Uh Reba has a problem with me. She doesn't like me one bit, even though I can make her laugh with no effort, which seems to make her more mad. <laughs> she is super short and pudgy in the face, but still Reba 100%. There is a really big guy who sounds exactly like John Goodman. When I point this out, he does a short, loud chuckle that is a classic Goodman, and then everyone gets wide-eyed because it's a dead ringer, especially the guy. So, like, the guy's jaw dropped and everything. He's like, wow, shit, I really, does, I really do sound like John Goodman. And then somebody in the room was like, how do you sound like John Goodman? And I said, are you from Eastern Missouri? And the guy nods. I'm like, south of St. Louis? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's how. When we, <laughs> both, when we both are trying to leave, an aisle is too narrow to get through because of people waiting in line to buy stuff. Oh, yeah. So we're trying to like leave, 
and all of a sudden we're in like a convenience store type environment. So it's still like my house main floor, but then there's like convenience store with like the wire racks of chips and bullshit. And so, um, we're both trying to leave and the aisle is too narrow to get through because of people waiting in line to buy stuff. So Goodman boy just shoves everyone back and I'm behind him shoving like with him, like shoving on his back fat because it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And he's like actually doing most of the work and I'm just kind of like there for moral support and to shove his back fat. And he knocks over an entire aisle divider doing this, which is a big chunk of a greeting card display. And he's aware that he's got to help pick it up, but he doesn't want to take the time to sort the cards back where they go. And so he just wants to jam them into whatever slots are available. And I'm like all trying to sort the cards out and put them in the right spot. Like the the dad birthday is here and like the mother's day ones over here. And then, uh, then I woke up. Damn. Wow. Yeah. But he's like, what the hell does all that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta lay off the weed. This <laughs> <laughs> is possible. I pledge before my heavenly father that I, 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 that I will resist them. Every- <laughs> uh, so I, I had a, um, I've had a, I had a dream. Like they, they stopped within a, about a month of having the baby. I was having crazy baby dreams for a little bit. Like I had a dream. Cause I was so like when you have a newborn, especially when it's your first one, you're just so scared that something's going to happen to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh like I had this dream that I like I was walking and I bumped his head into the wall and mm-hmm. it shattered like the head of a porcelain doll. Oh my god. Oh. And I could see and I and I'm like, "Oh god, so I'm holding him and like the top of his head is shattered and there's like a blue glowing membrane that's kind of pulsating like where his brain is, which I just Whoa. should have known that means it's a dream, but I was just like, "Oh god, I guess that's what the inside of a baby's head looks like." And it was like, was there like an aura around it, like a blue aura? Yeah, for real. Yeah, like a like blue, like uh, like a blue, like almost like a like a lotus flower kind of looking um, blue with like pink tips, like a neuron, like big neuron membrane type. Uh, Holy or like with shit! A All right, keep, finish your story, but I got I got a story after this that relates. <laughs> okay, and, and then uh, I'm t- I'm basically just trying to piece take the pieces up off the ground and put them back onto his head. And I'm like hoping that his head will stay together and shit like that. Like, uh, I'll just be brief with the next one. It was just like, all of a sudden I had like 10 babies at the house, like cheaper by the dozen shit. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I thought I just had one baby and there's like 10 crying babies around me. I'm like, ah, but anyway, yeah, what was your, what's your related? Uh, <clears throat> three nights ago I had an, like the third lucid dream that I've ever had. Sort of, I guess. I, like I realized I was dreaming, but I didn't take control. I like I chose not to. Like I was like the like like this is wild. Like <laughs> I uh, I like I was in my house once again. Started feeling weird, and I was like, "All right." And I, I started walking toward the front door. I opened the front door. I stepped outside, and every everything was covered in like this blue tint like this soft blue tint like everywhere and then I, I started like just like walking out walking down toward like the grocery store that's you know somewhat near my house and I just I started noticing everybody else was stepping outside of their house too 
And everybody else was like acting like had these weird looks on their faces. Like they were feeling weird. Like I was like, like feeling weird, like not like nauseous, but like, like the, the first like few, like little bit of the onset of a fever, like not where, you know, it's a fever yet, but where you're just like, I just feel like, like off. And, mm. but e the, everything was turning blue, like just like this slowly, like this, this tint of blue. And then I started looking around as I was walking down my, like there was tons of people outside at this point. And I start looking at all of them and they like, we, everybody just starts like feeling terrible instantly at the same time and like grabbing our stomachs and everybody's head starts em emanating this blue aura, like this glow. And I look up at the sun and the sun is turning blue and like, and there's like kind of this, like, there's just like this feeling like everything, like, like gravity is, is, is disappearing or something like it's slowly going away. And so like, there's, just, we all just start gra holding hands, like for like just this instinct. I, I grab somebody's hand. I feel their hand. I grab the other person's hand. I feel their hand. And like, I, I can look at them and everybody's head is just bright, like just flaming blue at this point. And we all just start floating up into space, like just very slowly, like into the atmosphere and shit. And the earth starts kind of shaking and shit. Sounds like the rapture. And dude, and there's this blue light, just like powerful blue light coming from the sun, like just just uh, coating us, basically like a beam of it. And the earth just collapses in on itself, kind of like a black hole, but there's no black hole left behind. Like everything just disappears and we just start floating through space, like at, like holding hands, That's all of us in this like fun. gigantic group. And we're in space and it's like. And like I remember feeling like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then realizing like I'm in this moment, like I'm here, like I'm in space, like holding hands with everybody and we're not talking. But it's now the void. It's now just we're surrounded by darkness. Now, do you still know it's a dream at and, this and, point? Yeah. Okay. I, I like there's this underlying like I, I know this is whack. Like I know like, I know this ain't <laughs> this ain't real life, man. Like, but like, I just, it's just, there's this feeling of just like silence. Like everybody's head is still glowing blue, but everything else around us is black. There's no sun. There's no planets. We're just floating in space. Is it auditory silence also? Like you don't hear yeah, much? There's okay. nothing. I was no, really hoping this song Absolutely complete silence. And then there was just this overwhelming like sensation, like in this feeling that just was like, what now? And then like, and then I just remember the dream, the dream ended and it was like five o'clock in the morning or some shit. It I was, was hoping yeah. that the whole time that dream was going on, this song was playing. Yo, listen, think he sees <laughs> oh. <laughs> that one. I thought it would just start with the I'm that would have given, if that would have given that dream a whole different mood, if that was in the background. For real. It was, it was wild though. It was so vivid, like it was so vivid and it was like this level of lucidity, but not like a level of control. Like I like I willingly let go of con like there was this moment of panic because it was not a comfortable feeling at any point in this. Like I actually yeah. felt sick, 
Like, and I remember like realizing that this isn't real, but I was like, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, and I was like, let's see where this goes. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Right yeah, there. definitely. Uh, I, should... I, there's a lot of, uh, times in dreams where like the most interesting visuals are just when you have those moments of like, holy shit, this is going on right now. And you just take it all in. And it's like time almost stands still as you're like mm-hmm. looking at all of the visual details of whatever's going on. Right. I love that part. Wild. It's because the physics aren't there. Yeah. Time does stand still. Yep. Because I mean, because it can in a dream. It's like, you know, I mean, that uh, yeah, because I either dream vivid dreams from my perspective, like looking out in my body, or I'm just some f- sort of like fucking third person camera floating in like that yep. Halo 3 creator map view where you're just like, <laughs> like, just, you know, you can go around. I'm just I'm seeing I'm creating architecture. I'm creating landscapes. The physics disappear. That's the most fun part of lucid dreaming other than blowjobs is just being able to <laughs> create mountains with your hands and shit and all, all that right. stuff. Definitely. Or move clouds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, yeah man. Um, just shape reality. It's it, nothing will ever beat the blowjobs though, let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, that's I mean to take it to a profound place. Like, I mean Blowjobs are the most pr- profound place. For real. And well, it starts you down a pr- profound path. I mean Al, Alan Watts uh like my my guru uh he he has this like famous talk where he starts off and he starts talking and he says what if every night you could go to sleep and dream any dream you wanted to and it felt exactly like reality and it was the equivalent of 75 years of human life and you could determine anything that happened and he goes, well, I mean, at first, obviously, you would, you would do whatever you wanted to. You'd have all the sex. You'd have, you'd have all the riches. You'd live the greatest lives. You'd, you'd create whatever you wanted to. Slay but dragons. eventually, slay dragons, save, save the damsel in distress. You, you'd be the hero in all the adventures. You'd be the savior. But eventually, that would, that would get boring. Because you would know everything that was going to happen before it happened. Because you're planning on being the savior. You're planning on being these things. And so eventually you would say, all right, well, let me, let me introduce some surprise. And let me let, me let something happen that I don't know is going to happen. And there would, it would just slowly get more complicated. And eventually you would say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know anything that's going to happen. And then Alan Watts goes, and then you would find yourself here in this room listening to me describe this scenario to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Alan Watts. The yeah. wake up moment. Incredible. Incredible. Um, you want to hit one more voicemail here? Yeah, get a dream mail going. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, oh, no. I guess I had inputted uh, your number wrong into this. my phone for abs and a six pack. And there was no, but I called and there was no uh, answering machine message on the tape, and and so I hung up and then I called back again, or I looked at the, I looked at no agenda social, and then I called back again. I was like, yeah, I was the right number, and as I'm starting to leave a message, all of a sudden, 
abs and a six pack calls says calling back and I and I answer it and and they sound a little irate as it was a it was a woman and uh and uh I said I was crushed for battles and by the way this is crushed for battles and and uh she's like, You called me twice and and and, and whatnot and 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 all of a sudden I'm like, Well they're like, What's this regarding? And I was like, because uh, it would be weird just to say abs and a six pack, you know, to some stranger and whatnot and and then uh yada 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 and I go look at the numbers and it's like four six five and I put in four five six or something like that. So yeah, that was awkward. Oh. Anyway, uh so dreams. <laughs> I mean apparently I'm in podcasters dreams, aka Sir Spencer, but um, yep. I don't really dream like ever. I mean and when I do Interesting. it's literally just like mundane things. It's, it'd be like Oh, people from work and people from church or just whatever, like people that like don't communicate with one another sort of thing, you know, like two different groups of friends and, and they're in the same room or something. And then it's just like some ordinary thing. So it's kind of weird. I think only once or twice have I had a dream and I don't remember them where it was something that was like, oh, that was actually kind of odd. But beyond that, I think I just have all my insanity floating around in my head during the day so it doesn't reach my 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 REM sleep but uh yeah but you know I want to at least call in and make sure there was a vocal mail I feel like I might have left one a couple weeks ago back when Spencer and Delorean were supposed to be on here earlier but I don't know if you did I didn't get it so alright well as they say say on the left coast adios Love you guys. Stay dangerous. Love you, Christopher Battles. Love you. Stay dangerous. <clears throat> try to get it. I tried to get that P sound effect pulled up in time for your P, but it was a little late. You were already talking before the P was gone. <laughs> uh, okay. I was thinking that uh, maybe he doesn't have that, uh, or maybe it's the more mundane dreams because. Uh, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different drugs. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, when I'm smoking a bunch of weed, I can't, I don't really dream. I think it's because I sleep so good, so I don't remember my dreams. I've never had that. I, a lot of people I know have described that phenomenon of, like, the more weed they smoke, like, the less dreams they have or remember, but mm-hmm. I, I have not mm-hmm. noticed a correlation myself with that. Depends on your tolerance level. I, I smoke constantly, and I have dreams, you know, vivid dreams, yeah, those lucid dreams. Yeah, that's got to be part of it. Um... I mean, it also is possible that maybe he's not having so many dreams because he's in other people's dreams. Like, if you're in someone else's mm. dream, do you get to dream? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have dreams on Tuesday nights? You know what? Not typically. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm dream napping you. It's possible. <laughs> Our dreams must be linked for some reason. That's probably it. Uh, okay, here's a... Let's take, take another... Uh, Take another call here. Hey, I love you guys. But I got, I got to, I got to go to bed. Okay, it's all great. I got to work in the morning. Night. Thanks for Have good dreams. In, Noah. Hey, it was fun. I'll see y'all on the flip side. See you, Noah. We'll be dreaming about you. What's that word, Sean in Maine? Go ahead. Shane! Hi, how you doing? I'm sick of it! <laughs> hey, I got I got a dream for you. 
Okay. Uh, it, it's not my dream. It's my wife's dream. She was pregnant with the kiddo. Uh, it, she was in like a refugee camp and she had just given birth to twins. And, um, Lady Gaga, full stage makeup, outfit, everything, uh, just, just walks up to the twins and she's like, oh, they're so cute. And then just picks one up and, and runs away with it. And my wife, had just given birth in the dream, so she couldn't, like, get up and chase her, and no one was helping her at the refugee camp that they were all at. This tracks, by the way. I could see Lady Gaga yeah, doing some shit Yeah, that's totally like that. believable. Yeah. Believable. Yeah. For one reason or another. Um, so there's that one. And then uh, Lila says that she keeps having this dream where an asteroid hits the Earth and everybody dies. So, um, so it's a little disheartening that it's recurring. And I do have one recurring dream, I guess, that it's it's kind of weird. Uh, I killed somebody, but not like in the dream. In real life. I remember killing somebody in the past in my dream, and then somebody finds out about it, and it's kind of like a I know what you did last summer sort of situation, but they're not trying to kill me. They're trying to, like, blackmail me. And uh, I don't know what that means. It may, it may have something to do with that guy I killed. Uh, I don't know. Uh-oh. But... That's things you got to add them to the list. Dreams. And then, of course, there's the shadow people, uh, you know, sleep paralysis thing. But we're not going to go into all that. Uh, have a great show. Talk to you later. This oh, is horrible. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had the paralysis. Thank God. That, that shit's I've seen, scary. I've heard people talk about it and see it in TV spots about it and stuff. Even, like, I think the first time I ever saw something about sleep paralysis was on Oprah when I was like five or six or seven or something at the doctor's office. Oprah's putting that shit always, in your head so it'll happen to you. Always freaked yeah. me out. I was like, I don't want that. No way, no way. But uh, it's never happened to me. Servo in the chat, boring ass shadow people. Oh no, faces in the dark. <laughs> uh, oh help, it's the darkness. I can't really see it. It's scaring me a lot. <laughs> They're so evil. Just please, God, free us from them. <laughs> All right, we got... Uh, I can feel the fucking evil. <laughs> yeah. uh. Danger, danger, alert, alert. I am a scumbag. I am filth. All right, we got a follow-up <laughs> voicemail here. Okay, okay, I thought of another one. When I was a kid, uh, I had this dream where I was playing in the playground. Just, you know, you slide, swings, all your standard playground stuff. And there was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, you know, like night, late eighties Schwarzenegger, and I uh, was he was like there, and I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? And the ground opens up underneath the slide and swallows us both. I mean, I am just and so sick of Arnold Schwarzenegger in hell. <laughs> and he throws me a big, huge machine gun, like you know, a 1980s action star machine gun, and we're we're just like running through hell. Just, just tearing, tearing up the demons with the uh, machine guns. It was, yeah. it was pretty awesome when I was a kid, and you know that it, it was great. That's all I'm saying. It was fantastic. Have a great show. I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. I knew those Arnold drops would come in handy one day. Hell yeah! I was waiting fight on your, the day. Fight, fight your demons with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it sounds like a some kind of a fucking podcast. Yeah. Or a video game. Video game, yeah. Fuck Doom. Yeah, that w- Fuck Doom. 
Fuck you want him. fight your demons now? <laughs> All right, we got uh, we have two more. One is fourteen minutes long. Uh, so Whoa. I think I'm gonna. Ooh. I think for the sake of time, I'll probably just play that right after the show wraps on the stream. Okay. Uh, that way, because uh, I'm sure it's going to be very good, but I don't want to spend the last part of the show just listening to a 14 minute thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Oh, so you don't you don't have the the cutoff, I guess, huh? No, this one was emailed to me the... by uh, our very own John Fletcher, uh, so I, I know it's going to be good. I gotcha. I mean, we could deconstruct cool. it part piece by piece, I guess, if we wanted to pause it. But I think it'd be probably better to just put it at the end. And I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea. But I got one more that came in on the... Uh... Oh, wait. Actually, we got we got two more right now, so I guess we can we can wait on these. Unless you want to... And I've got... Uh, well, I've got two more dream notes. And, uh... Lorraine, you got like a little something too, right? Oh, yeah. I recorded something earlier. Let's see if it'll play. Oh, you might have to start it over. I dream that a dinosaur dream. So tell us all about it. It was about dinosaurs, and it was a nice one. And they wanted me ride on it, so I got off it. And it was in a guy. It was a tiny one that was a baby. And the moment that was at the oh, <coughs> hospital. No. And um, what about the mom? Was the mom at home? Uh, tiny. Uh, the tiny one and the mom was at home, but the dad was still at the hospital. Uh, just Why? Why was the dad at the hospital? Because he wanted to stay there. Oh. With the doctor? Uh-huh. The doctor dinosaur? Uh-huh. Was he sick? Yep. Yeah. That was the end of it. Wow, so you rode around on a dinosaur's back, and then the dinosaurs got in the car, except for it was just a mommy and baby, because the daddy dinosaur was at the hospital? Yep. Cool. Wow. Aww. Wow. <laughs> it was all a dream! Did you tell them that dinosaurs are fake and never existed? Or? <laughs> no, we planned our next trip to the Creation Museum. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, they got a shit ton of dinosaur stuff over there. They just say that dinosaurs are less than 6,000 years old. They don't go all the way and say it never existed at all. Right. They were in, uh, uh, they coexisted with man, right? Or something. They only exist in your dreams. Think it, dream it, do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. Uh, you want to hit one more from the dream journal? Yeah, let me get uh, the second to the last one. I got a phone. So now this one's uh, like a two and a half pager. Because <laughs> like I said, I've just been, I don't know if I'm like writing more or recalling more or if it's like a combo, but uh, this one was pretty recent. Let me see the date on it. Oh yeah, April 4th. So this was Monday? 
This was waking up yeah. Monday, so like sleeping Sunday, waking up Monday. So I guess I was at my dad's house when I had this one. Uh, we were downtown with my family, and we were going to meet my aunt for lunch somewhere. We ran into her in the parking lot when we got out of the car. Uh, we, she was like there in the parking lot. And so we were like, hey, good to see you, like perfect timing. And she was like totally oblivious. Like she had forgotten that we were going to like get lunch, like at that place in time. And so then uh, we kind of walked toward the restaurant, but then she like pulls us into a different place, which is like the smallest restaurant imaginable. It only had like a, it had like a one top in the corner and then a four top. Uh, kind of at the side and then it was surrounded by walls all around so it was like super cramped and uh, then that dream kind of like ended in the restaurant weirdly uh, but then it it was like you ever sometimes dreams they have like transitions between the dreams and sometimes it's just like that one's done and then you're in another one and yeah. I think that yeah I think in this one it was just like that one was done and I was just in another one my buddy's uh my buddy was in town with some of his older male relatives, uh, his his dad and two uncles, and they wanted to get some. They were like, "Where where can we get a good etouffee? Like, we really want etouffee." And I like couldn't think of anything at first, and then I thought of Jazz, this Cajun place in town, and uh, they didn't really want to go to Jazz because like we have both worked at Jazz, like this kid and and me uh, had worked there previously, so they were like, "Ah, oh, somewhere else that has a good etouffee." And so I asked these hipsters and they were like pretty clueless on it. And they were also sketched out by me and trying not to show it kind of thing. You know how people do that to you where they're like overly nice and sweet to you because they're like really weirded out by you for some reason. And uh, they didn't tell us anything helpful. And then it transitioned again. I got a haircut and I'm like really foggy on that part other than it was like some harmless looking uh, older librarian looking lady was the hairdresser and the dream transitioned through only uh, only reason I know that's because there were like references to the haircut in the next section where Lorian and I went into this Chili's and uh, or it was some kind of Cheney looking place it was it looked just like a Chili's on the inside but it, I don't think it was like explicitly a Chili's there was like a super hot mulatto chick there with like a fro who we talked to for a while and I really can't remember like what about although uh, vaguely, it seemed like she was sort of trying to sell us something, like maybe not a product, but more of a concept or something. But uh, then she like started making out with me like heavily. And then Lorian made out with her too, and then like smiled some coy smile and like left the chilies. Make and out dreams? Like, nice. Make out dreams. I know. When you played that clip, I was like, oh shit, we got like COVID. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh man, don't leave me here with this now. And then uh, the restaurant was filled with a bunch of witches all around. <laughs> and uh, I think like a lot of them were just like LARPing, but there were some that definitely were legit. They all had these gold like metal sigils that were tied with ribbons on around their heads. And some of them had hats and some of them didn't, but they all had these weird dorky looking gold sigil medals that were tied around like on their foreheads. And uh, we were like asking around and like, what the hell has everybody got this shit on? Uh, when we asked around, uh, when we asked what they were for, they said there was some sort of show in the area tonight. Like, I don't know if it was like a witch concert or a witch gathering or some weird shit like that. But it was something of that sort. And so that's why there was like LARPing witches too. You know, like people who are like just really hardcore fans, but they're not the real deal. And then also people who are the real deal. But anyway, uh, the mulatto chick seemed like she didn't know anything about it. 
and she was sort of trying to sell me slash us something, but I can't remember what, because she was being really vague. I think she was probably a witch too, but pretending not to be. Then I realized I was naked at the Chili's, which made me nervous, not for being seen naked per se, but because it's illegal to be naked at a Chili's. So I thought that I'd probably get in trouble. And then I woke up. Yeah, you could you can you can get away with that shit at Applebee's, but at Chili's, bro, you got. I know. Well, the safest to, is to do it at the International House of Pancakes, <laughs> where you're outside of uh, normal jurisdiction. She got one leg. I call her I hop. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. Wow. There's a lot of times where I show I'm up naked in dreams, but I'm usually not uh, weirded out by it or like, uh, like this time I was like, oh fuck. Like how'd I get naked? <laughs> there he is. Take again, my clothes naked. off, or did I just never have them in the first place? I know, and then I had like I did like the cover your wiener thing. I never I mean, do the look at him, God. I never do the cover your wiener thing, but there was like a bunch of old biddies in there, you know, like the kind that are like really offended by that kind of stuff. You, you didn't know, do like, like can't the, handle it. You didn't do like the Stevo like, thing where you tuck your dick between your legs. I did not tuck. No, uh, I did not tuck. Always got tuck. <laughs> so did, were the, the people at the restaurant <laughs> were the people at the restaurant like reacting in any way or were they just like eh? not really uh in the last couple of dreams i've had uh when there's a lot of people and there's been a few different scenes i can recall one in this dream i'm going to get to in the end uh one here in the chilies and then uh the other one is like when i was talking about where reba mcintyre was like all mad at me and shit i'm reba and there was like a bunch of people there's these scenes where there's a lot of people in them like too many people for the space and context Ugh. and they're all like having their own side conversations but they all are really pretending to talk but like paying total attention to me in the dream like that's oh, my sense oh. like that's my sense with these witches too like oh, when they were walking by they'd be like just watching me out of the sides of their eyes they wouldn't they weren't letting it on you know and they were like Kind of having false or um, kind of that, almost that, pretend or forced conversations with one another, but they were really just all eyes like, on me. Yeah, that's yeah. um, that's that sense is very closely tied into gang stalking, and you can easily have that sensation in waking life, where everybody's kind of just watching you or stalking you. Um, everybody's following you, monitoring you. Um, you know that. That gang, the gang stalking episode we did with Dean and Booberry, we kind of dove deep into that. But yeah, that's that can happen in dreams. But I've, I've even just like on acid back in the day, I had that happen to me where I was like, everybody was, everybody's watching me, everybody's pretending like they're doing other things, but they're all just watching me. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, yeah. Yeah, that's like been a little theme lately. I don't know what that's all about. Huh. I, I would literally not be able to finish my dinner. If, so, if somebody walked over and talked to me that looked like these two guys. <laughs> in that Waking Life movie, a part that really creeped me out was when this woman he was talking to in the dream world um, started asking him about personal information, like what his address was, where he lived and stuff, like trying to verify personal information. That freaked me out. That would make police. me think that, yeah, the dream police, exactly. Why do you want to know who I am? Solving a caption. Was she the one with like the wavy red hair? I don't remember. He was like going down the subway stairs when he encountered her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's her. I love that movie so much, but there's a couple parts that are like a little creepy. Yeah. 
I took some notes on it. The uh, phrase is wild. I took notes on Waking Life that I just discovered as I was like scrolling a little further back in my notes. Because this was a while ago we watched it. Um, the clock numbers, that's something that stood out. Because Quirkcast earlier in the chat had asked uh, what kind of are the best trip or dream sequences. And I think like the clock numbers being messed up or any kind of time where words are hard to read or like make different, uh, like the letters make different words or like non-words. Um, letters yeah, sliding unstable. off pages. Yeah, exactly. In a dream, like any writing like that is unstable, and you're like, why can't I read this? Yeah, or like when I started coding um, more regularly, sometimes I dream that I'm coding, and I'll be typing, and then the code will just like kind of get wiggly and then just melt off of the screen and onto my laptop, like onto the keyboard, <laughs> and I got to brush them off like, with my <laughs> hand, these letters. Uh. Or... Um, it, uh, I also said in high school, it's funny because we did all these bits <laughs> while you uh, got lost. <laughs> but um, so it's kind of hard to retell. Um, in high school, when I'd have homework after school and it was like late, I'd be like reading a textbook and then falling asleep. And there's this space between where you're asleep, but you're definitely not really still fully awake. I'd be like reading and then your eyelids would get heavy and close and then you're still kind of scanning the words, scanning the letters, and your brain is just kind of filling in words for you. And all of a sudden you go from reading like a biology textbook to reading like for the but and of from, you know, just nonsense, bullshit, like little words. And the, <laughs> the sentence never ends. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you realize like your <laughs> eyes are closed. Uh, yeah. Um, that kind of stood out to me. The word orgiastic. What? I, I took a note about this, and I don't even remember the context of it. That's Do you remember the, the word? That's from Waking Life or just? From Waking Life, yeah. All these notes are orgiastic. Literally, while I was watching Waking Life, I took him. Orgy. I don't know. I've seen that movie a lot. Most. I mean, I was on Mushrooms the first couple times, but I'm trying to think of orgiastic. I don't know. I don't remember that. Oh, I wrote, uh, one of my notes is, free will doesn't exist. Idiots are so easy to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I, 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 really, I think that theme comes up at one point where like there's no free will, uh, and I know that Scott oh, Adams yeah. when he does his like uh, recommend books thing, if you like look through his book recommendations and shit, he kind of like sets up his book recommendations are basically designed to lead you into being a follower of Scott Adams, <laughs> um, uh, and tracks. one of the early concepts that you have to like accept in this whole journey to being a follower of Scott Adams is the notion that there's no free will, um, which is hilarious because you can uh, exist in such a world, but you have to willingly give away your free will to do so. And I had a roommate who was a fresh, uh, my freshman year in college, like the roommate you get paired up with. Uh, he was a really weird dude, but uh, we got talking one night and he was insisting on this. There's no free will kind of thing. He was like, yeah, this is all just a, series of cosmic explosions and it happened because these atoms fucked these atoms millions of years ago, hundreds of thousands of miles away and like kept on with this train of thought. And I was like saying, nah, there's definitely free will and shit. And then I just like punched him in the arm really hard. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, what the fuck did you do that for, man? And so then I did it again. I punched him in the arm again and he was like, all right, we'll stop it. And I was like, I might stop. I might not stop. And I punched him in the arm again. He's like, stop, you know? And I'm like, all right, I'll stop but only because I decided to stop. And if I want to punch in the arm again, I'm going to fucking punch in the arm again. Free will is simple, man. Yeah. 
it's like we can we can pull that apart real quick yeah and, and i think um, in the in the movie and, and it's just i mean this has been talked about by philosophers since the beginning of philosophy but the you could from a christian standpoint it's well there's no free will if god created the universe knowing everything that was ever going to happen ahead of time yeah and then there's no free will if you know the big bang and chaos just set this cycle of events in motion but it's um i think it's it's like many things when you look at it from a microcosm or macrocosm both can exist at the same time so right yeah god well, can know everything think... that's going to happen and you can still make choices uh yes well i agree and i also it's funny you say it that way because i had just thought of uh something while waking up from one of these recent ones but it was sort of like um this idea of we live in a simulation do we or don't we all this kind of shit and i think that in the in the christian or judeo-christian kind of framing of the world and the creation story and all of that it's quite possible that we were created in a simulation i.e the garden of eden and then the instructions in the simulation you know were like do not leave the simulation basically do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil do not eat the forbidden fruit like you can do anything but that you can run around here naked you'll live forever nothing ever changes you know all of this right, simulation fruit, type stuff become like us but you eat up the fruit and then the simulation's over and like real world shit starts, you know? And so there's this thought I had of like, you know, it could have been a simulation. Maybe it started out as a simulation and could have been a simulation forever. But this whole original sin could have been just making it all real. Yeah, it kind of gets into Gnosticism and the idea of like a, this reality is like a sub-reality or a prison created by some demiurge and humanity is mm -hmm. like one soul split into a million or billions and billions of fragments um, here to like learn a lesson basically. And we're just kind of stuck in this uh, hell realm or whatever it is until we, this is like the early, the early Christian Gnostics kind of thought, yeah, like the traditional God is a demon. And some of them thought the snake in the garden, tempting with the fruit was like a liberator um mm. very heretical uh very heretical viewpoint according to current christianity and catholicism and that's why the, right. uh, yep. the roman catholics killed all the mystics all the uh, gnostic mystics and that's why and they destroyed all their writings so the only writings we really have of mystic of gnostic mysticism are what writings of denouncing it so we most of what we know mm. about it is from the perspective of the Roman Catholic Church talking about how bad it was, but yeah. pretty fascinating stuff. I like the idea of like I, a, a demon or a demiurge. Uh, it is an interesting realm. rabbit hole. I've done that Gnosticism rabbit hole a couple times. Um, in in waking mo waking life, sorry, the uh, the part where he's like talking about having a holy moment or like you know he like brings oh, one into at existence each other. almost, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool and powerful. It's like, um, I think it's another harken back to the free will thing. Like, um, if you ever doubt free will, assert it, you know, that's the, that's the easiest, fastest way to prove free will is to assert yours. Yeah. I think um, even the idea that we can think of concepts like free will proves that we have free will. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like animals are pure instinct, at least most of them. I mean, some seem like they have free will, like octopus, dolphins, maybe. 
Um, but most animals are operating on pure instinct. And as far as we can tell, they don't really think about anything besides what their species does. But I mean, there's so many variables in what humans can do and not do. And it, as far as the choices they can make, so... And contemplate. So yeah, I just I think the yeah, like you're right that the the free will doesn't exist argument is pretty. I think shallow. that's like, yeah, I agree. I think it's like weak sauce. I think it's designed by people who know better, who are just convincing other people to relinquish their free will. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly why Scott Adams like heavily emphasizes it in some of the first concepts that he like. You know, he's basically giving you a reading list that hypnotizes you into. Um, being his little dude. That guy, man. Uh, He's an interesting chap. He's a real douchebag. <laughs> Not the uh, king of the douchebags, but definitely up there, man. Um, uh, let's see. Almost, oh, I only had two more. Beat Ethan Klein. Yeah, he well, came close. Before man. you... Oh, is this still Waking Life stuff? Yeah, the Waking Life stuff. Let me just yeah, finish yeah. it off. Uh, mm-hmm. Guy finally talks because he doesn't want to be an ant uh, either, and he realizes... That except for the light switch moment, he had been an ant the whole time up until then. Yeah, I don't. That's really that's when he's that, talking to that lady. I think. Oh, I yeah, don't want to yeah. be an ant. Can we do that again? Oh, like yeah. they go by, they bump past each other in the subway, and she's like, "Can we do that again?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love the I love the, this ukulele scene where he's talking about the like the dream you have. Like, you ever had a dream where you're at work all day? You're, you're working all day and you like, it's bad enough they get you during the day for minimum wage but now they get your dreams for free and then the the weird yeah. looking dude talks about uh yeah i think that's my favorite sequence of events in the whole movie where he's talking to the dude about like how to spot a lucid dream and stuff yeah that's a really great it's good tips too it's like real life stuff yeah. mm-hmm. the light switch trick is a really good one um my last note was i think my favorite line in the movie that said the iguana, the iguana bites those who do not dream. Oh yeah, love that. You said that's Ooh. the last line of the movie. I don't know if it's the last line, but it's my favorite line. It might be the last line. I did that whole scene where he's talking about Philip K. Dick and uh, getting back into Gnosticism at the, with the dude at the pinball machine. Oh yeah, like I keep yeah. I keep dreaming. I'm waking up. He's like, oh yeah, it's called a false awakening. I have those all the time. He's like, yeah, but yep. I'm still in it now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I think I might be dead. It's like, well, I don't remember what he says, but he says something like, "Well, if I were you, I'd just, you know." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. That's what you should do, man. You just, if you want to wake up, just go ahead and wake up, man. He goes into this whole story about like Lady Gregory and the and the uh, Philip K. Dick realizing he wrote this story, he wrote this whole thing down, and then he. After he writes, Philip Dick writes this like short story. He that day, once he finishes it, he meets the guy from the story at a gas station, and he meets this next like whole chain of events. And he's like, "Holy shit! Everything that happened today is like how exactly what I wrote down in this book." And he goes to a priest because he's so freaked out about it. And the priest tells Philip K. Dick, "He's like, you're describing the Book of Acts. Like everything. He's like that whole story mm-hmm. he wrote is the Book of Acts." And he's like, "I never read the Book of Acts." And he goes and reads it. And he's like, "Holy shit!" And then he has this crazy idea that because Philip K. Dick was. I don't know if he was, I think he was Catholic, but he was also like way out there, psychedelic guy. But he had, he came up with this theory that there's no, like time doesn't, is all an illusion past the death of Christ. And so like everything past 
uh, Christ's death is just a, an illusion to m- keep us from remembering that, like, the kingdom of heaven is already here. And all we have to do is just, like, God's it, every moment is an invitation. God's holding out his hand saying, like, do you want to be with me forever in eternal bliss? And we're all just going, mm, not right now, maybe later. Mm. It's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's fascinating ideas. You know what else is fascinating? What else? This next caller's voicemail. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I <clears throat> hope it's just two minutes of throat clearing, because that would be awesome. <laughs> Look in the screen. Oh, whoops, whoops. Mouth so- I'm sorry. What? 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 You, can't, you can't back up in a voicemail? Oh, I guess you can. Okay. <laughs> You're trying to fuck with us. I got a, a sample. You're looking to scream. Mouth's open, but there's nothing to scream. Doing rails, nailing tails. I got that Charlie the Sheen. I've had one encounter of a ghost in a dream, two encounters with Succubi in a dream. One time, she, Mountain Edge, come to me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was a uh, time that I met the Succubi as a normal person. There was uh, a parking lot attendant that had yellow glowing eyes in one dream. The first time I tried, a, I think it was a half of a Xanax in the middle of a tour. Had weird fucking dreams with this... Uh, Yellow-eyed bastard uh, popped through and said hello. I was not. Uh, I was not feeling it, man. Uh, what else? Um, I recently had a dream where I was doing a call at a theater, and this dude fell from the mid jump, uh, oh, which sure. is like one of the loading galleries for the uh, for the line set system, and you know they can be anywhere from twenty to forty feet, uh, but for whatever reason, he fell hard enough and fast enough that it was quite visceral in the dream. I was, I was pretty upset about it, actually. It was, uh, it was about as uh, gory as I would ever imagine it in real life, I suppose. Um, of course, there was the dream of the explosions and talking to Adam Curry on Christmas Eve, because it was the same day. I had the dream the same morning as the uh, Nashville explosions with the lizard person, which, where did that story go? Yeah, um, come the fuck on. Uh, God damn. That was wild. Yeah. But for it's the like Vegas, kind of. I don't typically remember many dreams unless, uh, I guess, there's <laughs> sexist demons or people falling out of the air. God damn. Uh, God damn. In the six-pack. <laughs> in the six-pack. <laughs> I like that. That's a new one. Oh, and uh, <clears throat> I replayed that like three times just because I was I didn't, I didn't oh, okay. pull it off. As I well was as wondering I about that because I was like, I was like, damn, he's like nailing the throat clear <laughs> pattern and rhythm every time. Like that's pretty impressive. Where he has a clip of himself that he's playing with. <laughs> because poop like, is funny. <laughs> uh, oh my god! All right, we got we got one more until the big long one. I'll put it play at the end here. Okay. Hey, peace, peace to the six packers and the bowlers. Uh, hey, Aaron. Hey. I found a little quiet spot at work because I like the conversation of dreams. Um, so I'm a big fan of psychology and sociology. And I remember in high school in psychology, 
talked about dreaming, and one thing that always stuck out uh, to me was uh, when you have the dream of your falling and your equilibrium and your stomach kind of give your body that sensation of your falling, and then you wake up, uh, I remember being told that that is because uh, your body may physically be tired and part of your brain is tired and wants to sleep, but there's another part of your brain that wants to stay awake. So it creates this circumstance to tell the body to wake up. And through the equilibrium, the, uh, that's where that falling sensation comes from is for that part of your brain that wants to stay awake to tell the rest of your brain and body to wake up. Um, something I also found interesting was the whole idea of either dreams being a compression of all the data for the day uh, everything, all the stimuli and interactions you've had for the day, these memories are being processed and compressed almost into like a zip folder. And so dreams come from that compression of everything. And so it could be stored away in your brain or kind of slightly more on the esoteric side. When you're in that state, your uh, outside influences the universe, God, how you choose to word it, is kind of starting to give you insight and foresight for things to come ahead. Um, when it comes to the ability to remember a dream, um, one of the things uh, I've always uh, have remembered is when you first wake up, the less you move, the more you're going to be able to remember that dream. So it would be recommended to have a journal and pen next to the bed. So when you wake up, you reach over, write down what you can, because as you start to wake up for the day and your conscious mind takes over, it starts to then push aside all the information from your subconscious mind, a.k.a. your dreams. Uh, I don't really remember a whole lot myself. You know, the whole smoking weed thing, people being able to remember and stuff. I'm kind of torn right. on that. I'm a firm believer in I do dream all the time. Oh, that's Ooh. where it ends. Never got a follow-up. Cliffhanger. Yeah, no he just doesn't remember him. He didn't remember to finish his voice. That's a good call. Yeah. Last, last, All good calls. Yeah. yeah. Good call from Boobs. Good call from him. Good call from other callers that, uh, and the people that called in when they called. Yeah, Laren's a sweetie, man. We love Laren. Hey, Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, of course I can hear you. I just went to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, so first off, uh... <laughs> that one's so great. Oh, oh we're going to take some calls. Ugh. Well, you want me to dive into this fucking crazy one from today? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, um, you get the floor is yours. I know we're we're climbing into Nick the Rat's time, so I'm thinking another 15, yeah. 20 tops. Right on. Yeah, I can get it wrapped because uh, it's not like wicked nuts, but it is like a full page of shit I wrote down. And I tried to track like <laughs> this is the weirdest one uh, that I journaled because of the way that I journaled it. I started off, and I'll send you a picture, I guess, afterwards of this thing. But I started off just with like these circles and a big arc of like the different scenes and the depths of them with a zero being awake. And then one and seven are both this same, like 
greenlit velvety theater room that I was in. And it was like a, it was like a combination of like a, a theater after you like the last movie that's the scene and you're like walking out of the theater and most of the things are turned off or like an airport uh, overnight. If you've ever walked through an airport overnight, like most of the things are closed. Mm -hmm. That was this like theater only it had like all my broadcasting gear and stuff in it. So like that was the place where we were, I mean, going to do this show from basically in my dream. And then uh, two scene two was like uh, the deep dream level because I had a false awakening so, uh, in the full deep level where I was like dreaming and fully dreaming, there was like childhood home slash neighbor's home slash neighborhood scene where like when you're running around and playing and shit, like all of that transitions a lot and bleeds together. There was a kind of film noir setting slash old speakeasy with a lot of secret tunnels scene. There was a Portland downtown scene. <laughs> and then there was like this. Uh, somewhere in Portland, this parking elevators situation that I rode into, and then uh, it led into like an office of rental car people office where I had the false awakening. So I mapped out all of those scenes, and then I went backwards from seven to two. Oh wow! So you like you literally drew like a blueprint or like a, a floor plan for where you like you. Yeah, it, oh, it's like. Wow. It's pretty simplified. It's just like an arc. It's like an arc, but like zero is awake at the bottom and then it goes up to one, which is this theater room. And then two, three, four, five, and six are above it on the same line as it like arcs over. And then seven goes back down at the same level of one because it's the same place. Like the dream started where I false woke up into, which I think made it even more convincing of like a false awakening. And then I wrote down my stuff backwards in order that it happened, but I also wrote it from the bottom of the page up so that I'd be able to read it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't know why the hell I did all of this, but um, I was just like compelled to. So we'll start with scene, because uh, scene one was this velvety theater room. I didn't really, nothing really happened there. In fact, I didn't even realize that I had started off there until I had woke up completely. Um... So the dream kind of started, like, the earliest I can remember in the dream was actually scene two, where we're running around, and we're playing in this, uh, you know, all of my friends' homes and a childhood home, and I'm a kid, too. And um, running around and playing makes the scenes transition frequently, and they all bleed together yards, uh, the insides of houses. We were up on roofs of houses a few times, uh, in and out of a swimming pool at one point, and, like, they bled together in that, like, sometimes the swimming pool was inside of the house, and sometimes the roof was out, you know, inside, or, you know, weird things like that. But once it was time to go, I was, like, looking around for my socks and shoes up on this roof, and this kid tried to push me off the roof. He kept trying to push me off the roof. So I, like, grabbed him, threw him down on the roof, and then used him on the ground to pull me back from the edge of the roof after I threw him down. And then we had this, like, weird battle with each other with baseball bats. <laughs> and it was like, um, at first I was like, first when he was trying to push me off the roof, I was like afraid to approach him or anything. But then when I decided to engage, he was like into retreat mode when I was like, all right, I'll fuck you. I, I will fight you. Then he was like not fighting as much and trying to kind of retreat. And then these baseball pads appeared. And so we were like 
picking our bat and like trying to smash each other with the bats. Uh, and then he ended up running off. He got away. And then he was like the suspect character of this like off-screen suspect we were chasing in the next scene, which was the film noir thing. So for some reason, somehow we like transitioned into this film noir setting. It was like a old mall kind of, but it was like black and white and all brick facade, brick walls everywhere. And, um, it was like prohibition era and it was like grainy. Everything was black and white, which I don't usually have dreams that are black and white. Usually my dreams are like more colorful than real life. Colorful. They're like vividly colorful. Um, and we were just like running through and it was most of that scene was just kind of this chase scene where you'd run into a room and you'd look around and there'd be like four or five doors, but one of them is slowly swinging closed. And it's like, oh, the guy just ran through that one and you'd run through that one. <laughs> and so it's just like over and over again. And we never Scooby really Doo found shit. him. Exactly. Some Scooby-Doo type chase scenes. Yeah. And then uh, we did find like some secret tunnel walls and stuff though. And uh, there were some weird like glyphs near the door of one of them that we didn't really know what they meant. But it was like a clearly like a secret message of some sort. Um, and then... I don't know why, but then I was in downtown Portland and that started off like being in a restaurant. So I was in this restaurant and I was playing some weird like trivia game on a huge touchscreen in the restaurant, but there's like super lewd themed like trivia game. And all the questions were like weird, like overtly sexual. And like one of the answers involved like you were touching on like titties to answer the question. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like my kind of game. It's a scientific fact that women like round, muscular butts. <laughs> I'm gonna look for a guy with a round, muscular butt. Did you see her breasts? So uh, I touched the titties, and because <laughs> of course, and uh, one of the diners was like, "Welcome to downtown." <laughs> and then there was a guy I went to with college, uh, a guy that went to college with. He was there. And he was dressed in the weirdest shit ever. It was almost like a costume. And he was wearing, like, big fucking vegetable slices and deli meat slices all over his face and hands and clothes and stuff. <laughs> it was fucking insane. It brings and it right even, back to Lady Gaga, man. She, didn't she wear that to the Grammys or something? The fucking that meat, meat dress thing? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of like that. Um... So even his mouth was made out of some kind of like a wet noodle wonton thing that moved and like could eat stuff and whatever. Like it was so weird. Um, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, let's see. Where am I on this? Oh, yeah. A guy I went to a college with was there. He was dressed in weird veggie and cheese slices. Yes. I left and wandered around a weird, vibrant, but also desolate, rotten neighborhood so i'm like walking through this neighborhood which is i guess portland i don't know why but my brain is like aware that we're in portland now and it's like it's like super colorful but kind of like sickly pale pastel colorful and everyone has like a gardening everyone has like a garden that they're growing vegetables in but the vegetables are like rotten and it's like it's so weird it's like this weird duality of like uh everyone's kind of practicing this whole weird homesteading dream thing that I've been like envisioning only it's just like going totally shit um which I don't know if that's like just Portland or what I don't know I don't fucking like uh the interpretation of this kind of shit uh I'm sort of interested in but um let's see oh yeah and as I'm walking around my cheeks got swollen I don't know how to describe it but it just like 
like an, the kind skin of like an allergic in my reaction cheeks. almost. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. Kind of like an allergic reaction where you just, your cheeks are just thick and fucking swollen to the point where I couldn't even really close my mouth. I had like a little fish mouth. Yeah, you look like a when I tried to close my mouth. And then I was trying to look up on my phone, like, what the fuck do you do when your cheeks swell up, you know? But then uh, I couldn't search for a cure for it before stumbling upon the garage uh, room. Or the garage scene. So, okay, next scene. I'm at the top of this weird uh, structure, and there's these parking elevators. And it's kind of like a parking garage thing, only the elevators themselves are just these rickety-ass... It's just like an open platform on a crane, which is just like on a cable. So there's no like shaft. It's not really, it's just like, uh, it's like an elevator you'd see at a construction site, you know, where you can just lift something up to the top on a crane. Mm. But uh, anyway, I'm like contemplating going down on that because I know I, we got to go down to the bottom of this thing. And then there's a security guard guy with these two mean looking dogs. And then I had like a flash forward memory thing of something about, the guy, you know, something about like, oh, you tried this once and the guy's dogs are like really bad. Like, don't don't do that again, even though I'd never. Oh, you know, almost like a deja vu kind of. A, yeah, like, like a deja vu thing. Like you've where done this I definitely plenty of times. <laughs> never seen this dream before, but uh, also had, I guess. And so I was like, or, yeah, okay, if you did. You didn't maybe against my didn't remember it like you never woke up. So you never remember. The yeah, that, that that could be that could easily be, I suppose. And so I was like, against my better judgment, against what I kind of wanted to do instinctually, I went onto the elevator and rode that all the way down, which was sketchy as fuck. Um, <laughs> but then when I got to the bottom of the elevator in this parking garage, uh, let's see here. I get on the elevators. They took me way down to a small garage, dark, filled with full-size little tyke slash power wheels hybrids. So like, they're these big Hummer uh, Humvees. Um, but they're like the plastic things with, you know, your feet go through the bottom, like Fred Flintstone and they got the, they got the little squeaky horn, you know, so what's, what's the purpose of riding in one of those things? Did you go faster when you got in it? So it was weird because I never got in one. First of all, okay it was like half rental facility, half uh training facility because there was this angry Chinese guy who was like in charge of the thing. Oh, and he was basically saying, like, you get in car, you take test. China. And <laughs> he kept saying that kind of shit. He was like, uh, he was basically telling me I had to get in the car uh, or I couldn't have a car. I had to get in the car and take the test and pass the test. And uh, I was like, man, I just got to get out of here because I was aware that our show was coming up. I was like, fuck, dude, we got to do dreams uh, uh, with Chris. And it's like <laughs> happening soon. So I was like, nah, I don't really, you know, but I wasn't telling him no because I knew he wasn't taking no for an answer. Yeah. So I was just kind of looking around at what my options were, and it was all enclosed. It's like this octagonal garage, but it's all totally closed off, and most of them were garage doors leading out. But I think that, you know, you had to do the test and whatever in order to let him open one of those doors. And I was not about to get in these weird cars. Uh, and so then I saw a door. It looked almost like an airplane door, where it's just kind of like flat into the wall, and it has a weird little... Uh, thing that slightly pulls out instead of a doorknob, you know, so that it's like totally flat, but it said exit on it kind of small. And he was like, uh, no, it's locked. You cannot leave. There's no exit. And I just like ignored him and opened the exit door. And then that's when I entered the sixth scene, the final scene. Well, the final scene of the deep dream, I should say there was a, I was in the offices of this rental place. So everybody who worked at this 
rent a big uh, little tykes car or whatever. And it was another <laughs> one of those scenes where there's just like too many people in the scene for it to be realistic with context. And, and also one of those things where they're all going and doing their own thing, but they're all focused on me. Their attention is all focused on me. Mm. And I'm just wandering the halls of this place. And basically the setup is there's like an information desk and then like a hexagon of six hallways leading in each equal direction away from the information desk. And you'd go down one of the hallways and then pretty soon you'd come on another information desk and another six hallways. So it was just kind of like a corkscrew endless labyrinth of those things. And there was just so many people and I was kind of like walking faster than most people kind of pushing through trying to get the hell out of here. Cause I'm still trying to get to the show, trying to do the show. And, um, let's see. Uh, it was, yeah, never ending. People are quite sweaty and close. And so they're like closer and closer. And I actually started stinking more, uh, as I was walking, no exit in sight. Several different people were singing the same song. I can't remember the song, but I know it was like unique to the dream. It wasn't like a song that you would recognize or anything. It was just like they were all singing the song. They were singing it at their own like pace and intonation. So like it was sung differently. Words were the same every time a new person would be singing it, which was weird. And then that's kind of when I realized it was a dream. It was like the fourth time somebody started singing that song differently, but the words were the same. And so then I was like, fuck, this is a dream. And then that's when my false awakening happened and I reached up and I felt my face and I could feel it and my arms weren't moving and I wasn't actually touching my face visually. So like in the dream I was having, I knew I wasn't touching my face, but I could feel it. And I was like, okay. And then I grabbed my eyelids with my fingertips and I peeled them up as in my head, I played your fucking abs in a six pack intro song. <laughs> and I peeled my eyes open and then had the false awakening. And I was back in that green lit velvety theater room. What the fuck? And Lorian was like on top of me. I was asleep on the floor face down and she was like lying on top of me and just kind of in a cuddly kind of lying there. And, um, so then I woke up and I was like, Oh fuck. I'm so glad I woke up. Like we got to do the dream show. Right. <laughs> and so we were trying to do it on this weird, strange equipment that I never seen before. And most of it was just like a stereo equipment. Like, uh, I don't know, some stereo that you would buy at uh, best buy or something. You know, it wasn't actually like the stuff we use. Um, so it was like all this confusing sound equipment all around me. And so I'm like clicking inputs and shit and turning knobs and talking into a microphone and like, Oh, this one I can hear in my headphones, but the stream isn't working on it. And then, like, Chris can't hear it here. Um, <laughs> I've had a handful of dreams where I'm just, my equipment is all wonky. And it's like, I'm trying yeah. to use a podcast rig I've never used before. And I'm like, what? Where did this come from? But I'm like, I got to do the show. <laughs> so like, That's exactly what it was. And just like turning knobs and like uh, <laughs> reading complete nonsense words on the dials and like just like nodding like I knew what the fuck that meant and like go turning it a little bit, you know, like. <laughs> Oh yeah, Gerbenjog. Uh, more Gerbenjog will definitely help this. And then uh, I was, we were like in the studio doing dreams, and I like, it was like I had just barely made the cut and made it on time. And so we were like, we were basically playing the scenes of the dream that I had just had, uh, the deep part of it. So like scenes two through six, and we were like playing the audio from it, and then we also had visuals up for the chat and stuff. And then uh, we were like doing commentary on the on the dream sequence, 
And then I was playing like transitional songs between them would like pick a song between the different. Uh, and then we realized that you weren't on with us as we were doing this. And so we were oh. like, well, fuck, well, we're just live on the stream, but like nobody's recording this at all. It kind of did uh, happen. It might've been a prophetic dream. Weird. Right. And then, uh, as we realized that we were like, well, shit, we got to start over and re-rack. And then I put, uh, the dreams back together and went back to the beginning of them and then woke up for real. And I was like, Oh Jesus. And I picked <laughs> this piece of paper up. And I wrote all that down the, as best I could. That's, that's the most vivid detailed description of a dream. I think I've ever heard. That was good. Yeah, for real. And the, I want to see the map of it. That's awesome. I've got a picture. I'll, I'll send it in. Um, uh, damn. And that was like, how long did you wake up from that dream before we did the show? I woke up from that dream at like 4.30 this afternoon. Okay. So that's the and most the show recent was at dream eight, you've so. ever had. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the most and recent dream I've had. But I don't know. I don't remember what Corkess I was dreaming. Corkess asked earlier uh, when I first started dream journaling and has it gotten progressively easier to do with practice for you? And I'm going to be honest, like... This is the only version of dream journaling I've ever done just about is uh, doing these two dreams episodes with you, but I, I am getting a lot better at it. And for some reason, as the, as the episode came up, like I had started having more fucking dreams and they were weirder. And these last two that I told you about wouldn't even have happened had we not had to postpone for a week. Oh yeah. True. Because we would have just done the show last week, and I I had not had those dreams yet. Mm-hmm. It all fucking worked wild, out. dude. That is crazy. Fucking wild. I don't, I'm dude. trying to remember what I because my most recent dream would have been no, I took a nap, took a nap at like noon, but I don't remember what I don't even I don't know what I was dreaming about. Mm. Probably something real stupid and gay. <laughs> do you do you remember your latest dream, Lauren? Yeah, uh, pieces. Um, I remember my first dream. There was this big head, a big man's head floating around in the sky, eating planes and clouds. And he had like a snake tail trailing behind it and a really long tongue. And uh, at one point I said, (laughs) I remember saying, isn't that John C. Dvorak? (laughs) (laughs) But no one like acknowledged me. So I just kept like asking out loud, but just being completely ignored. And everyone was just like looking up in the sky, watching this thing. Destroy just destroy clouds and planes. I and just then, imagined um, him like like going through the air, his big head doing this noise. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck's going on around here? Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking futz. But uh, then one of my kids like did that cough, you know, we've all got this allergy cough going on. And so I woke up to that, went back to sleep and like immediately in this dream, Spence is like, we got to go. We're going to be late for the wedding. And I was like, what wedding? And he was like, Jordan Peterson's daughter. She's getting married. We got to get there. And I was like, we weren't invited to that. And you were like, Spence was like, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds like, right. Oh, no. And we have to like sneak into Canada, <laughs> find this place. And you're using like cryptic uh, like tweets, like image pictures that were tweeted out of like family standing outside of a church you're like i think that we can figure out which church this is by these images and whatever and somehow you pull it off and we get there and they're doing like 
the pre-wedding photos of like the bridesmaids and stuff. So like Jordan Peterson's not there and his daughter's not there, but all of his like redneck cousins are there <laughs> and they're like, oh, hell yeah, Spencer made it. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? But then they look at me and they're like, who are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, oh, wait, I so wasn't invited. Spencer's rednecks cousins or Jordan Peterson's redneck no, cousins? No, made up Jordan Peterson's redneck cousins. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was uh, very strange. And then we just uh, got into some like hooliganism. Out of the cousins, <laughs> I'm the redneck cousin <laughs> no. in, in my family. Oh, yeah, in your family for sure. But, yeah, they were just wild. Girls wearing Daisy Dukes and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Yep, so that's that was my most recent dream. Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> and so um, then, yeah, on, that was Monday night, because on, uh, on Bull After Bull last night, you said Jordan Peterson was going to be a speaker at the Bitcoin conference oh, yeah. going on, and I was like, whoa. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> the innumerable fact about how bad communism is. Um, I don't know. He's Irish now. Uh, do you Do you guys think that dreams can be prophetic? Like in the Bible, you know, like Daniel predicted the. Actually, I pulled up the uh, pulled up the verse here. Um. After two whole years, this is, uh, what is this, Genesis 41. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump. And they fed the reed grass, and behold, the seven other ugly cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, ugly thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows, and the Pharaoh woke. And then blah, 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 he uh, talks to Joseph, and Joseph interprets the dream as... Just to summarize that seven, he says, like, these past seven years of plenty, you're gonna about to hit seven years of famine. And then to, he tells Pharaoh to, like, store up all the grain and stuff because you're going to have seven years where nothing will grow and that ends up happening. But, like, yeah. if, do you think there's anything? And there's, like, I think Daniel and Joseph are the two main dream guys in the Bible. But is there, and there's others, you know, and every religion has, like, dreams are pretty significant. So do you think dreams can be prophetic and if so how would you tell which is a prophetic dream and which is i think dreams totally can be prophetic yeah, uh, same. those are like a deep and very consequential prophecy but like i've had prophetic dreams that are of no consequence or just are like incredibly mediocre mm -hmm. of like uh oh like uh i remember being really young and at my grandmother's house and having a dream and the, in the dream I could float and fly. And so I was like floating up uh, by the ceiling and I went downstairs. And then the next day you woke up and, and you could really float and fly. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. I said it was mediocre. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I floated down and there was like uh, waffles and bacon being cooked or whatever. And then I woke up and then I went down and there's waffles and bacon being cooked. Um, and everything was like exactly where I see, I had already seen it in the dream. Yeah. Like it was oh, shit, yeah. like, that sounds like, well, you could have just smelled waffles and you could have smelled the bacon, but I'm talking about like where the bacon was open. There was a pack of scissors beside it. Like the, the frying pan that she was using, every, everything was placed exactly the same. So I'd already seen it when I came into the room. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Did that kind of uh, cre creep you out a little bit or what was your reaction when that happened? Yeah, I was or like, were you just like, whoa, 
yeah, I was kind of mind blown. I wasn't creeped out. I was just kind of like, holy fuck. I like left my body and saw what was going on. Like that was yeah. the, that was a conclusion I came to. I was like really young, but I was like, yeah, it's clearly I saw what was really going on down here visually. Cause it's all the true, you know? So yeah, I think it's all the true for sure. Yeah. It was all the true. It was all a dream. <laughs> um, I need to ISO that. Um, uh, oh shit! Yes. Uh. Okay. One last parting thought, and then we'll hit uh, Fletcher's voicemail here. Okay. I brought it up briefly last, and I haven't been able to find anything on this really since then. I've only heard it talked about around the with over blunts around campfires with people I know. I don't know what to look for to even find. Well, no, I have seen some of it on like weird message boards, but nothing fully mapped out like I'm, ooh, there's your map. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. It's download image. Can I put this in the show notes? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Pretty sure. I don't, I don't. Shouldn't be any. Did you, no. did you even put your home address on there or anything? I erased all of the <laughs> identifying information. Yeah. Um. What was this? Oh yeah, so there, so <clears throat> there's there's circles, and I haven't been able to find many of them because they seem on like obscure message boards, but of like people mapping out like similar shared dream realms, and some of it's kind of creepy and got me kind of put off of looking into a lot of it, mm. and it's, and then some some of it I just haven't been able to find, but I have friends that have talked about um, this type of stuff. There's like. Um, like one place is called like the warehouse and one's called like the death ride. And it's always like a someone's driving like a car with a bunch of people in it. And you're uh, there's always the same person driving the car. And these are people that have mapped out like the same dreams with the same landscapes. There's uh, ones in like a meat packing plant, ones in a warehouse. And it's just always like, um, I don't know, it's it's kind of vague. So it could be nothing. But um, there's apparently there's dream guardians that won't let you out of certain areas once you, and this is, these are a lot of these are people that are um, very proficient in lucid dreaming much more so than I am. And so, but they all seem to access this similar places. But if you get too far, there's like almost like air raid sirens that actually are like, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever heard like sirens when you're tripping or something, but it reminds, I would imagine be something like that, almost like soul piercingly terrifying type stuff. And, um, Apparently, there's like dream guardians that won't let you get out of that uh, that dream, like past certain areas in this dream realm, um, like big, tall, like Galactus-looking figures. Um, yeah, I don't ever want to raise my dream profile that high. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah, and it and I think it would be tied into like the same type of astral plane stuff you could come in contact to out of body tripping, which I have a little more experience in. But yeah. I don't know. So like, um, but the the theory one of my friends was telling me about was that <clears throat> governments or some kind of shadow organization has already mapped out the astral plane in the dream world, and they're mm. blocking out the plebs and the normies from getting any further with some kind of technology. Yeah, I mean that sounds totally believable. Yeah. It's crazy. It is wild. I've definitely had moments. Like, you talk about out-of-body tripping and stuff. I've had certain moments um, where I was tripping, where I kind of, like, 
could envision like just this sh- fucking bright ass beam of light shooting straight out of my top of my head, you know, straight up to where like anybody on earth, um, you know, on the same sort of part of earth anywhere near and from space could see the dot of light and be like, Oh yeah, that guy, he's fucking activated, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I definitely believe in like, like uh, when Noah was here earlier talking about auras and I definitely believe in that shit. And I think some people can uh, even see them maybe, but I don't know, man. It's like uh, the, the conversations that we've had like around the campfires about dream stuff. It's kind of spooked me. I don't know. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if the technology actually exists, but if some if somebody has it, they you know it's not me, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, one of those guys is like his family's like deep military, so he could just be spreading me disinformation. But I I'm I texted him early, earlier today, and I was like, can you point me in the direction of some of those message boards where they're mapping all this dream stuff out? Because I'd like to look into it a little bit. Um, shit's fascinating though. Yeah, maybe for uh, Dreams Three, we got to. Uh... Map our dream averse. Yeah. And I'll start I'll have Dreams 3. I'll have a, a better dream journal then. And by better, I mean it won't just be like three words every month. Yeah. That's what mine <laughs> started off with, too. man. Yeah. I started off with like that first one that I made that had boobs in it. <laughs> um, that was the dream that triggered me to actually even write anything at all. Yeah. And what I did was I opened my notes app on my phone. And then I typed... Um, literally just that one word, shit. Let me pull it up again because I gotta find it. Shit, type shit. Uh, or that one line I said, boobs came to house, we missed the meetup. Like, that was all I wrote for one. And then, but then I put right under that a couple other, like, dream segments that I had remembered in the same sort of time period. And then I guess, I don't know, like, the more you do it, and the more immediately you start writing, like the easier it is to kind of get some of that down. Cause I, I, there's no way I could have recalled all of that shit just now, even though it was only mere hours ago without writing all this down and kind of mapping out like the layers and all of that. Like I would never be able to fucking remember any of this. And it makes me wonder like how complicated and complex are my dreams usually, you know, maybe right. you just, maybe you just remember piece six and seven at the end, or maybe you just remember like even oh, a bit of yeah. seven. You know? Some Like I've had dreams that are, at least at the time like mind-blowingly profound like i will never forget this and then of course i don't write it down and i'm like yeah i just have i don't couldn't even begin to tell you what it was yeah it sucks i've lost a lot of them like that yeah uh i've had dreams that lasted like months too like in the dream world oh yeah where you live like months of time in a dream yeah that would be i think kind of useful to be able to uh, instigate, like, in a lucid way. Yeah. It's cheating, it's... man. If you can just stay in the dream and, like, refresh and power up, like, you know how much ass you could kick in Waking World? Oh, yeah, You stay sure. in the dream for, like, however long you need, doing literally whatever you need it is to, like, re- re-energize, you know? Yeah. And then you wake up willingly and ready. Yeah, I, I pulled this clip for... And that exactly what you just said, um, almost... I pulled this clip like a year ago for Dreams 2, and I don't know if I played it on a different show or what, but uh, it's, it's good. Yesterday, I was, uh, let's just say, with a lawyer, 
who a year ago thought that I was wrong about the lockdowns were going to go forever and the mask would never come off and that they would be a year from now doing Zoom hearings at court and that it would break down society and bankrupt everyone. Well, yesterday he said, you know, you're right. I was wrong. And that guy's a Democrat, a big Democrat, but he's a he's a good lawyer. So people right. are going to figure this out. Okay? <laughs> yes. Do you stick your head in the sand all day long, however much you want, and deny this evil's happening? Because a lot of smart people can't deal with this so they compartmentalize it. And I'll compartmentalize really bad stuff in my life if I can't change it. But if it's fighting evil, if it's exposing the system, I don't compartmentalize it. I take it on. And it's, you know, I look older than I am. And I'm under a lot of stress because... I eat, drink, sleep, and dream this. This is all I do. And now I just work in my dreams all night on fighting the globalists and ponder their operations, and I wake up with an understanding of the enemy. I mean, that was only a few years ago where I began to have most of my dreams being work-related, and now I'm actually, I guess like the movie Waking Life I'm in, my dad said he can control his dreams since college. He, he read some books on it. I, I was unable to. Now my dreams are work sessions. Um, and I can also now just tell myself, I think I want to have a euphoric dream. What it is, is, is true wirehead, but it's your own body doing it. Like a yogi can give themselves unbelievable pleasure. And so people that are dead, people I miss, people that have been taken from me that I'm not allowed to see by the system. Um, I, I will just meet them in my dream and just have incredible ecstasy. And I just wake up refreshed. And I've got to remember to do that consciously. I have to set my mind to do it. And then I go into the dream and I, I work on things. And then I also now allow myself to have uh, enjoyment sessions. And I don't do that like Elon Musk says, oh, the ultimate futures, you know, being able to have AI give you an endless orgasm. Yes, a lot of folks will hook into that and never unplug. Um, that is not what I'm looking for. I'm talking about joining with God, uh, seeing dead relatives, uh, uh, seeing people you're unable to see, uh, true therapy of the soul. And so at 47, I've really gotten good at this. And it's something I haven't talked about on air I should really write a book about it or do whole shows on it because it's very, very helpful uh, the way it works. But it begins by understanding that you are dreaming and understanding how your mind works, the different levels of your brain, getting your subconscious and your conscious to dial in. Sorry, I'm digressing. I don't know how I went down that rabbit trail, but it's important, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Holy that, shit. Uh, I, re that's I remember you playing that. Um, I don't know when I oh played God. it. I think I, I think I might have played it on like a non-dream show just because I was like, I've been holding on to this clip for forever. But that it shit right there is why now, I love dude. the Seed Man, dude. I love yeah. Alex Jones because it's like, dude, fucking fuck Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly. They ain't going to talk about that shit. Not even no. close. Not even close. No, 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 they're not. Um, yeah, it would be. I, I hope he does put out what he uh, has discovered or like known about it because I don't know. I... <laughs> Uh, flesh in the like, chat. Do Waking Life 2, AJ. Yeah. Yeah, Waking Life 2. <laughs> oh, and Booberry said Nick the Rat and JCD are talking about dreams right now on uh, Nick the oh, Rat. Oh, man. That's so awesome. <laughs> Synchro the truth that can be a drug. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Man, anything else? Hell, man. That's, uh, that's the stuff I brought. And thank you, by the way, for the new songs on my dreams playlist, too. That you were playing when I came uh, when I first logged on, and now I have I think seventy three songs. Oh on shit! I'm gonna need to playlist. I'm gonna need a link to that playlist maybe. Five hours six minutes. Damn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, obviously, bowl after bowl every Tuesday night, and then bowls with buds 
on sometimes. Hell you should yeah. do that Fridays, right? Most of the time. Uh, Fridays a lot. We don't have one this week. We just kind of do them whenever we can get a, a, a people's. Yeah. But I think we're going to do our next, uh, sometimes we do them after No Agenda. And uh, we haven't announced the guest yet, but tenet- tentatively, uh, May 15th, we'll be doing one. That's Hell a post yeah. in A. And uh, I'll be long over my kidney stone by then. Fuck it. Hopefully. Nice. Hope to pass that like very soon, like within the next 24 hours would be nice but who knows maybe i should dream about passing it well thank you spencer thank you lorian and uh yeah oh yeah thank you chris thanks for having us again oh anytime it's it's always a blast okay so until next week leave me alone and uh yeah bowlafterbowl.com everybody i was waiting on the drop i figured it would come but oh it was all a dream Ah, fuck it, dude. Bowlafterbowl.com. Yeah, that one. That's the website. Hell yeah. Why is this guy still on? Good evening, Chris. Sir Spencer, Dame DeLorean. I heard you guys were talking about dreams tonight. I, uh... You may be surprised to find out that I, too, have dreams. Wow. Most are pretty normal. Uh, the brain, you know, going over... Shit that it's had to process throughout the day. But I've had these really weird... Uh, episodic dreams... They don't happen, you know, consistently from night to night. But when they do happen, it will pick up right where it left off from the last time I was in that dreamscape. And, uh, who knows what the fuck dreams even are? Is it, is it because, you know, our brain is an electromagnetic device that's in our skull, which is unshielded, and we live in an electric universe on top of a giant magnet. And we're somehow able to enter this dream realm and communicate with each other on a subconscious electromagnetic level. I don't know. And I'll tell you about this one set of uh, dreams. Now, they happened over a period of like a few months. <clears throat> and like I said, it wasn't daily or nightly. But, you know, it would be maybe once every few days, maybe even uh, take a few weeks in between. Like, it was just nuts. Uh, so it started out with with just me and this guy kind of kind of on top of a hill looking down this, this to this, like, round building. It looked like an auditorium or a church, but it was it was completely round. And, uh, it starts, they all start kind of like, uh, 
Like I'm just jumping into the middle of a movie or, or, or a TV show where I'm in the first person view of a character, uh, but I don't really know what's going on. I just have to figure out what's going on as it progresses. Like you would when you jump into the middle of a movie. Um, and so I could still, if I saw this dude I was with in the dream today, um, I would recognize him because I can still visualize his face. Uh, he was a redheaded guy, like darker red hair, um, about my height and build. Uh, but he had, uh, you know, uh, very distinct eyes, like real light green. Anyway, um, so we, we start above this place and this church is kind of, or, or auditorium, whatever it was, was in like a, a depression or like a valley or something. And so we start walking down there and we were in a hurry and we, we get to the back of this building and, um, you know, we have to sneak in there. And so, and like I said, it, it was like I was in the first person view of another character. So the character I was inhabiting the body of like knew what they were doing, but it was me is through my eyes or I was through their eyes, whatever. Um, get into this building and we split up. I go one way and he goes another way. And, uh, so I'm kind of being sneaky, but in a hurry also. And, uh, in once inside the building, it, uh, there was a, a hallway that went around the, uh, the outside of the building. Well, like, you know, I was inside, but the outside wall, there was this hallway. And then inside there, were uh, rooms, and then in the very middle was a big, you know, auditorium type of room. And so I'm walking through that circular hallway on the outside, and uh, I'm just trying to blend in with anybody I see, you know, I'm trying not to give myself away. And then I, uh, I find this door that goes into a, uh, like a hidden hallway, kind of in between the the very outside wall and the wall of the main hallway I was in. So I go in there and, uh, I don't have to be sneaky anymore cause there's nobody in there and it leads me to, uh, another door. And, uh, then through that door, there's a, a very steep staircase and, uh, it's almost like I had to climb it like a ladder. And once I get up to the top of that staircase, uh, there's of course the door and I open it and there's a, a little room, um, that's at the apex of the roof. And so it looked like somebody's little, uh, I don't know, a little, little quiet room or like a study nook or something. Cause there's a, a seat, like a window seat, you know, just a cushion by the windowsill and, uh, some books and a little table. Um, and, uh, just various other you know, personal items of someone anyway. And, uh, the weirdest thing was like, I opened the door into that room and look around and within seconds of, uh, being in that room, the door opposite of it opens up and, uh, there's that, that dude I came in with and it startled, startled me pretty good. Uh, but he just simply said, um, 
you know, something along the lines of like, hey, I, I know where we need to go. Uh, let's get out of here and meet back behind the building. So I'm like, okay. So he turns around and goes back the way he came, and I do the same thing. Back down that steep staircase. And then once I open that door, instead of going back through the circular hallway, I uh, go around and come out a door that... Uh, pretty much was in a, like a maintenance closet or a broom closet or something and then get out of the broom closet and I'm back in the main hallway and, um, uh, I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, where do I need to go? Kind of thinking to myself. Well then I, uh, start walking and then for some reason, instead of leaving the building, I go into another door and, uh, like climb a ladder and then I'm above, uh, the middle room, the circular auditorium room, but I'm up in the, up in the rafters, all the catwalk stuff where all the lights and things like that are. And I'm being very, uh, very quiet and just kind of crawling around until I can like peek and, uh, look through the ceiling down at the, the stage and, uh, there's a guy speaking in front of a large crowd of people. I didn't hear everything he said, but what I did hear, he was saying that there were intruders here and um, they're trying to inter interfere with what we are trying to do. He's like, so you, you need to be cautious, be on the lookout for anybody you don't know because they look exactly like us. And uh, I'm like, oh shit, he's talking about us. So I start to back out from where I am, like crawling, and uh, my dumbass like kicks something and makes a big ass noise. And he turns around and points at me. He's like, "People just like that," and uh, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" So I get out of there real quick, go back down that ladder, back into that hallway, and right next to the door I came out of, there's a, a you know a stereotypical like. Um, coat rack sort of thing. So I grab a, uh, the coat that's there and a hat and put it on and I'm walking through and people are kind of looking at me, but they're, you know, not really paying me any attention, which is good. And, um, I'm shuffling my way through these people and get to the back door and kind of like linger until nobody's watching and go out the back door. And, um, that dude I was supposed to meet, he's already back there. That's what took me so long. I was like, I took a detour and told him what, uh, what I did and what I heard. And he's like, oh shit, we, we really got to hurry. So we, we go around the outside of the building and, uh, beside it are two, two portable buildings. Um, like, uh, you know, just simple rectangular buildings, like a single room each. And, uh, we go into, uh, one of them. And when we go inside, it's the walls are just mirrors and that's it. And I'm like, is this the right place? He's like, I think, yeah, I think this is the right place. And we were in there just kind of looking at ourselves essentially in all the mirrors. Um, and then the opposite wall, one of the mirrors opens up and there's a door. And this lady was like, she's thin, older with like wiry 
gray hair. Uh, she's like, uh, come in here. It's in here. And, uh, so we both go back, back there and it's just, a an even tinier room that she apparently was living in. Um, and they were like looking around, you know, obviously like, where is it? And she, she points to the sink and opens up a little cabinet underneath there. And there's a chest under there, like a typical plastic, like footlocker type of chest. And, uh, like, oh, okay. And then we hear the outside door to that building open. And she goes, wait here, be quiet though. And so she gets past us and, um, goes, leaves the room and shuts it quiet. And we're just standing there listening and we can hear murmuring through the door, through the walls. Can't make out what she's saying, but she's talking to a, a, a guy. And then we don't hear anything for a little bit and then hear like a, like a discharge, like electric discharge sort of sound, like a, like a zap. And we're like, what the fuck was that? You know, but we don't say anything. We just look at each other. And then after several minutes of staying there in silence and not hearing anything, we, uh, we figure it's safe to go out. So we grab the chest and walk out of that door and that lady is not there and neither is the guy she was talking to just on the floor is like a pile of ashes and we kind of look at each other you know both acknowledging that that was more than likely the lady but we take the chest and we leave that portable building and as we're walking out we see uh, a couple of buses like school buses uh, without any markings on them uh, pulling away and driving up the hill to leave this this place. And so without thinking, we both like start running with this chest, uh, each holding a handle on it and, um, run up to the back of, uh, the last bus. And it's got a, a bicycle rack, um, on the back of it, but it's empty. And we run up and carefully put this chest on the back of that bus. And, uh, as we do that, uh, a guy that looked like an older teenager, maybe a young adult, he turns around, like, looks at us, looks at the chest, and then looks back at us and just simply nods his head and turns back around. And uh, then we, you know, we slow down, we let the buses drive off, and we kind of, like, make our way to uh, not be in the driveway anymore to kind of walk along this tree line. And... Um, then we, you know, he looks at me and he's like, well, that's it then. I think we did it. And that's, that was the end. I woke up and I never went back to that place in, in my dreams. Um, but like I said, that was over a period of months. Um, just episodic, bit by bit by bit. That was several dreams it took to get through that whole storyline. It was fucking nuts. And... Uh, I've had other ones. Um, recently, I've been having these dreams uh, where I'm in an underground place and it's tiled. So the floor, the walls, the ceiling, it's all covered in like tile. It looks like it's a locker room, but it's the entire place and it's massive. Hallways, rooms, kitchens, showers. It's a huge place. and uh, But it's not as... It's not as... Um, 
recurring as the other ones. Like it, it's very few and far between that I'm having dreams where I'm in this place. But I just, I feel like I'm looking for someone and I'm supposed to help them. But I don't know who or how or any of that shit. It's fucking weird. These dreams are really strange. And, um, I've never talked to anybody that's had similar types of dreams. But anyway, that's that. Uh, sorry for the noise and the poor quality because I'm recording this on my phone. Uh, that's it. Have a great show. Okay, here we go. What is the weirdest dream you've ever had? Marie. Okay, Marie. I'll tell you, but you gotta understand. The day before, all I had to eat was like 13 pudding pops, okay? So the whole dream was just a picture of... Well, let me show you. The United States in tight, white brand underdrawers. Briefly, let's discuss what this dream means. No, really. You guys can interpret this one how you want. Me? I blame the pudding pops. Okay, so... Maybe I shouldn't have shared that with you guys. Uh... See you next week. How's it going, Texas? How's it going, Texas? <sighs> D-Haw. Like the, the, the dick and balls are Texas in the, the underwear. <laughs> going, Texas. Oh, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. I was going to say I had... Uh, You'll have to keep us updated on how that shakes out. Uh, I've had sort of a similar trip sequence where I was like... I, like, died and left my body, and then um, I kept becoming these other people. I'd, like, flash in other people's bodies in this weird, like, quick, uh, quick acting, you gotta save somebody's life thing. Like, I know for uh, one specific example was pulling someone away from a car who was, like, about to get by a car. And then I'd, like, flash and become them in another situation. And I kept on having to save people and jump bodies until I got back to, like, being able to be somebody who was saving myself. Wow. And then that's how, like, I finally got back to my body. Wow, that's not at all like my, uh, my out-of-body shit is, like, not nothing at all like that. That's wild. You think it was that's actually the real scenarios that might have been happening in other parts of the world or something? I don't know. They were all, like, very, like, believable. And uh, felt real. You think you might have saved somebody's life? I think so. Several. I don't know. It was like a. It was like about a dozen scenes. I kept flashing through. Damn. Well. On that note, I think I'm gonna try to catch the end of this Nick the Rat JCD interview. No doubt. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's. Um, thanks for your. Uh, thanks for having us on Dreams Two, man. Yeah. I, I love these things, dude. I love these are, dreams. These things. are fun. Yeah, I don't get to talk about. Talk about dreams, really, other than this. Nobody wants to hear, nobody, it's like nobody at work wants to hear about your dreams, that's for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta like edit them or like make them like less weird or something. Yeah. Nah. Cool, man. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. It's always a blast hanging. Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Lori. Okay. So until next week. Leave me alone.